0: All right, good. All right, cool. So can you hear me good? Yeah. I can hear you good now.
1: Hey. Right.
0: <laughs> Dude, that game.
2: Man, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started, man. What
0: do you think? So how do you think we're looking?
2: Um, I think that we, we should win a title, man, but we'd like to make it interesting for some reason. You know? Like I'll put it like this. I can't stand Kyle Pope and mainly because of that shot he put up at the last minute, it with nine seconds left on the, on the on the shot
0: clock. Yeah. You feel That's, me? That guy Mary, man, some of the shots he's be pulling off is like kinda like Curry and stuff, man.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, he's looking he's looking really Kobe Ness, you know. I mean, you know, yeah, he has a, he has a good game. You know. But you know, like I said, I think I think we have the better team.
0: Yeah, I mean there's definitely uh when uh A D went down there for a second, I was like, Oh no. <laughs>
2: Here we go again. <laughs> I was like
0: Take the franchise, you know?
2: Yeah, no, that was scary, man. And to find out he just let it, he just let it his he just landed it wrong, you know?
0: It's crazy. Well, I mean the way he got he got hit there, I mean he got hit in his chest pretty hard. I mean Oh, you mean
2: that one got you? Now I was more worried about him. Oh well, he out- got
0: hit in the chest, but then right afterward he went down with the ankle and
2: yeah, I mean, if you gonna let that little dude beat you up, man, you deserve to be hurt. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you can't let what's his name, um, Ellis, was it Ellis Monte Ellis or whatever? I don't know the name, but yeah, you can't let that little dude punk you, man.
0: You know, it's funny. It's like almost I was looking at this old nineteen seventies uh, Sunday night football highlight, and it was funny how they were pointing out like. All the plays that were the highlight plays are all stuff that's illegal now. Because <laughs> okay. if you look at NBA back in the day and
2: stuff, it was a lot more physical. Yeah, it was. You can't even hand-check somebody, which means that, you know, before, when someone's backing you down, you can put your hand, like, kind of on the back and kind of feel which way they're going to go. You can't do that shit no more, dude. That's why most players are coming back like, yo, if I play in today's NBA, man, I'll be averaging 50 points a game. You know what I mean? Talking about cats, that are about 25, you know? So... But you know, I mean we're the softer, we're the softer generation, man. Like, you know, I, my kids, man, there's a thing actually called like anti-bullying. Like if you tease a kid like how we used to get teased or tease another kid, you you get suspended for a couple of days of school.
0: So I mean, I guess that's so that would be an interest that 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 is an interesting point because like definitely Kids bullying each other, at least when I was in school, was very prominent. I mean, I think that has been prominent in, in historical culture since the yeah. beginning of time. Is that, but where is the line? You know, like, uh, yeah. I, I, so, so, so that's, so that's just, so where do you think that line is?
2: I mean, because no, I me and my dad
0: that. get into this all the time because yeah. sometimes he'll be like, oh, well, you would never say that publicly. And I'm like, way you know i mean or like because i'm a big believer in free speech
1: right. but
0: there's definitely a time and a place for stuff and how i mean where what do you think the the line on that should be i mean you think people should at, at school just be able to no i'm like, asking you like like honestly there's good certain like, things,
2: right? there's so certain things right like for example if i'm going to talk about your race or religion or something that you could not prevent or whatever you know what i'm saying and I'm teasing you, that's, that. I, I think that's kind of wrong. I'm like, hey, man, you know, because you're white or you're black or you're Asian or you're Indian, you know what I mean? You smell funny or some shit. That's messed up, right? But right. the same way, if you suck in basketball and I say, man, you suck, I shouldn't be called a bully uh, and uh, you suspended
0: for school. You feel okay, me? So me, and my, so me and my homegirl were getting into that the other day because she was rapping. And I'm like, oh no, no, no good. I don't like it. <laughs> And she's like, you know, you're being mean. And I'm like, no, it's because I love you. I'm being honest with you. So I think that's what you're talking about. Okay, because like that's one thing. You know how close me and my dad are. My dad is super hard on me about everything. But it's never based out of him bullying me. It's just, but that could be interpreted, I guess, in some senses as him bullying me. But well, just, now,
2: nowadays, nowadays, if you spank your kids, that could be considered child abuse, right? So, you know, when I grew up with normal, if you did something stupid, you knew you had it coming. You know what I'm saying? You knew you had it coming. Now, if you hit your kid because they did something stupid, well, you might end up, you know, having some issues, man, whether a jail or um, a social worker paying you a visit. You understand what I'm saying? So, in my opinion, we, the world we live in right now is so soft compared to the one that we grew up in. You know what I mean? And there's good things about it and there's bad things about it. The the bad things about it is if I was terrible at basketball and and you said, man, you suck because you were obviously better, it would motivate me to want to get better. For example, if I'm going to try to rap and you're like, yo, Q, that ain't it. That ain't it. Well, guess what? I need to go back to the lab, put put it down, practice a little bit, figure it out, and come back and try it again. You feel me? So there's certain things that we used to do that would encourage us to be better than who we are.
0: And one thing that at least I experienced personally a lot growing up is that I used to get bullied a lot, but then some people you fight back and then you get in trouble for that too. Because that's what I would always get in trouble for was if someone was bullying me or bullying someone else and I was just like, yo, I'm not okay with that. And you ain't going to be able to bully me for that much longer because I'm not going to take this in that's that i think that's the hard thing is because generally in life isn't that how it breaks down most of the time is that there's this pecking order and people that are at the top they're used to breaking down other people and they're not used to other people talking back and
2: some can't handle it you know some can't handle it you know but the same way like this sticks and stones right so if i'm talking about your mom and get mad Yo, talk about my mom. If it becomes a thing of violence, well, then no one's going to win. I mean, that's what Bruce Lee said, right? So, you know, if something has to go to the extent of violence, there's no winners, you know. But hey, for example.
0: But, 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 wasn't there some, maybe some people in your life that until they got a smack or got checked, they never came down a notch or they never really. Which is true. Which, which is a hard true. one because it's like, I agree with you, violence is not the answer but there's definitely been times in my life where i've seen people hash it out and then they're on a you know a uh, a different level than it was till they figured it out
2: right hey i mean look what don't kill you only makes you stronger right so there's lessons on both sides if i'm bullying you and i get my ass whipped by you I'll learn a lesson. (laughs) If I'm bullying you and you jazz whip, you'll learn a lesson, you know what I'm saying? So there's lessons to be learned, man. You know, what don't kill you will always make you stronger, man.
0: Well, that was the one thing about where I always kind of loved being a DJ in hip hop was, you know, especially with, you know, people talking shit. It's like, I always just look at people and just be like, yo, you know, show up on Saturday night with your boy with the mic. Yo, or yeah. you do your set. Let me see. Yo, this is so easy to do.
1: Yeah. Let
0: me see what you got. Like, you know, that was the thing about hip-hop culture that I loved on us being B-boys and B-girls. It was that, like, kind of, like, that could always be squared away. Like, hey, wait a minute. Yo, let's let the crowd decide. Yo, you, this is my act. This is what we do. This yeah. is how we hold it down. Like, I always thought that that was the most beautiful thing about hip hop was that kind of B-boy element of the battle. You got to have battle. a battle. And then it's well, so like, you yo, like, like, but not you have a battle, was- man. like Chris, like KRS one, like he always, you know, like, Oh, okay, well let's battle it out. And then like, you well, know, he's a big right? dude so, and he would just so, sit
2: there. But and... well, like you said, right. So it's a different thing. Like, right. So you have the battle. Some people can't, don't have the talent. So then they got to re- revert to violence, right? With are pulling out a strap, fist fighting something because they just don't have the talent. But if you use that battle and you know, I mean, use that situation to sharpen your skills, it'll only make you better. Only make you better.
0: And I think that that, see, like that was the one thing that, uh, like after Cam lost mm-hmm. the Super Bowl and he was kind of like, oh, well, I don't lose and this and that, like that that kind of I didn't think was like the best way to go about it. Cause I think like all the, you know, going back to what they say, the master has failed more than the beginner has ever even tried. And I think that all, everyone has failed and that's part of the process. And and, You have to
2: fail before you master anything.
0: You know, it's like, I mean, do we, you know, it's like someone asked me earlier, okay, like, uh, well, is it a good game? And I was like, well, we haven't won yet, so not really. So you
1: know, like, that's it, that's it, that's it.
0: But that, that, that's. But that's the thing, you know. It's like with Jordan and stuff. I mean, how many times where he made that last second shot, and how many times he missed? Who, who that? Jordan. Like what? Mike Jordan, or or any grade, or Kobe, or whatever. Like how many times Kobe yeah. went for that last shot and he didn't make it? Yeah.
2: It's all about the one that you do make, right? That's the one people remember, you know? You get heartbroken by the one you miss, but you don't really remember those too well.
0: Well, it's like if they win the championship right now, you know, that 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 AD shot, you know, like that's going to be, you know, that, that, that three-pointer that they had the other night to win the game.
2: But see, I'm, I'm still mad from that because it never should have came down to that shot. It <laughs> never should have came to that shot, man. You know, I'm sitting there watching this game and we're killing them, right? We're going big. We're killing them. And all of a sudden, Frank Bogle says, hey, we're killing them. We're up by 16. Let's put three guards in and go small. And they come back. They come back. So why did we not keep killing them with the length and the height? I can't call it. But it is what it is. At least we won, right? At least we won.
0: Have that. I have not always been that way with you about everything. As long as we have one point at the end, <laughs> it don't really matter, you know?
2: Yeah, I just I just get pissed off from the coaching, man. You know, like if you've seen the game today, right? I'm always talking about change the lineup. Our starter lineup is not the best lineup we got. Let's just put it like that, right? So they take out JaVale McGee. Howard goes crazy, right? Double-double in the first quarter, you know what I mean? But then at the end of the game, where is he? You know what I'm saying? At the end of the game, where is he? You know what I mean? We're going small again. So it's just things like that that frustrate me, man. You know, I'm not going to say no names. Glad we won, you know what I mean? But if I was a coach of the other team, my whole strategy would just be this. Yo, at the beginning of the game, let Green, you know what I mean. Let Caldwell Pope shoot all they want. We're gonna crowd the middle, and just double team LeBron and AD, because those guys aren't gonna make two out of five, three out of five. You know what I mean? But hey, whatever.
0: AD, man. AD, made those uh, like those eight shots straight is today, and that I'm was. I'm not
2: talking about AD. I'm talking about our wing players. You
0: know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. I'm just saying, you know, for sure. Yeah, I mean, hey. <laughs> how Lebron's still, still doing it, how Brady's still doing it. I mean, you know, it's like even tonight with the Thursday night game, uh, there's this quarterback called Fitz, uh, Fitzgerald, and he's, he's, you know, they said everyone on the squad is below 30. He's 38, you know what I mean? Like the B, and they were joking about him, like, hey, does anyone on this team ever had to use a payphone? <laughs> you know that's that that's an interesting thing you know it's like i've been having that conversation with a lot of people lately about how much the music business has changed and i guess that's one of like one of the things like where i was thinking it would be great with you being here on equality radio is that like you you've seen the music the modern music scene here really evolve from its you know roots and stuff like everyone that's huge you've seen them when they weren't huge and they just are just the whole entire process of it and just it's interesting like how technology plays into that and just sure. and, and, and it's like i was talking about with Bird the other day yeah. remember when serato came out and like most djs were looking at serato and they're like oh no we're using a computer so you're not really DJ."
2: Yeah, yeah, And yeah.
0: so there was that whole entire thing where, like, for years, remember, people were like, no, I'm not using well, Serato. One like that, that,
2: the one thing that Serato had was they always had the vinyl plates. So that's why I think it was an easier transition because a lot of cats around that time, if you remember, were going to um, to a CD, CD, CDJs, right? Cause CDJs. Well, get, isn't that traffic. what most – I would
0: say most people, like, outside of – reg, you know, outside of hip-hop or reggae, you know, most – Transiting use CDJs. Well, most people use
1: yeah, CDJs.
2: For sure. For sure. It was such an easy way to download it off your computer and have it, man. Because, you know, before the CDs, man, like if you didn't go hunting and, and, and like really pillaging record stores, you couldn't find nothing. And with, with what you found, it was like, it was like sent from God, man. Because, you know, everyone can't find the same record, man. You know what I mean? And if you have a record that gets scratched or lost, bro, forget about it. You know what I mean?
0: Well, that's one of the interesting things about with, you know, when when you still do your gigs and you bring all your, you know, your bags and your crates and stuff and everything. I think that, uh, you know, it's like most people, it's funny. There's this whole entire new culture of DJ that doesn't, never really had to experience the part of DJing that we experience as far as you know record stores and really having that separation of f- dealing with that with vinyl and stuff and everything you know i mean it just it's just which,
2: which is so bad man because some of the best club stories are around vinyl and i'm not even just talking about dj in it i'm talking about being the one to say yo i saw cuba at the club they wouldn't let me in so i grabbed a stack of a, a crate of his records and i came into the back door this thing was crazy you know what hmm. I mean? Like, all those stories, all those vibes, man, before the, the cell phone and taking pictures and all that. You know what I mean? Worrying about your story, but just worrying about the vibe. All that is gone, man.
0: Well, 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 That's the that's the one thing, too, is that, like, you notice everyone at the show now, and they always got their camera, and they're filming it, but they're not really experiencing it. Or even, like, you know... Just that connection and stuff, and every uh, as far as uh, being truly present with it, I think, right. I think, I think it, I think it's uh, changed in some senses because, uh, like now, you could put like a battle scratch set together, and I'm not saying it's not hard. But having to mark out on all the records and stuff and everything was just a different experience, I think. And, you know, like, or, or uh, I don't know, like, you know, having white labels and dub plates and stuff where, like, you're like, they're, they're, you're like no, you can't get this because unless you have this dub plate.
2: Right. Yeah, and that used to be the magic, right? So it used to be about your selection. It wasn't really about what you played but it was about what what is not really about like the new music, but more or less what you played, right? So that was what really made the DJ, the DJ, right? Cause like, yo, he plays that, you know what I mean? And what was so cool about those eras, going back to the nineties, right? Is that another DJ couldn't really come up and bite your set, right? He couldn't really come and bite your set. I'll be in there, man. A lot of time, I mean, no disrespect to my Japanese brothers, man, but a lot of time my Japanese brother would be in the back with a pad of paper writing <laughs> stuff down. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, that that song. You know what I mean? And they're really trying to get your set from me. But in the '90s, it's very hard to duplicate what you can't find. You know what I mean? Of course, there was
0: no Shazam or anything really, It's <laughs> like, Well, you did. We had a kind of Shazam, but it didn't work in the same way.
2: But I'll put it like this, right? So, like, I'm going back to the uh, Lower and Hill. I'm um, the sweetest thing you ever you ever knew, right? I, was that the one? It was like a B-side that came out, man, that every dope DJ had. But if if you didn't know the dude at the record label, you didn't have it. You know what I mean? So no matter how dope that song was, no matter how much you wanted that song, like, yo, you probably didn't have it, man. And it wasn't a download. So it's like, you just didn't have it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Or, you know, I mean, it was definitely a different way of going about it. You know, yeah. just the whole entire, I mean, you know,
2: I miss those days, man. I miss those days, but I really do. man. Even from the vibe from like the record store, you know what I'm saying? And because there's always other DJs that worked at the record stores, you know what I mean? And when, you know, when you earned your stripes, you know what I mean? And they sing you enough, they're like, okay, yeah, he got His selection is official. You know what I mean? Certain people just put the, put certain vinyls aside for you. Like, yo Q, hold up, don't move. They come and just hand you a stack of the dope shit. You know what I mean? Like I really miss those vibes, man, you know, Aaron records, peace to them, you know?
0: Yeah, and for me, like, one of my favorite things was, like, just, you know, like, looking for, like, the artwork on the covers and stuff yeah. and everything. And, like, if you found, like, a dope artwork and stuff, like, you had to check out that record, because, like, oh, shit, you know, like. I mean, but even the vibe, like, you know,
2: in New York City. We go to record stores, always a DJ that you hand them your, your record you want to hear, you know, and you put it on for you and play it for you. Okay, you want it and pack it up for you. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I guess that's why I like Aaron Records, because they want to start them. They just laid out, laid out three techniques. You know what I mean? Wait your turn, put the headphones on and check it out yourself. You know what I mean? And um, like, yeah, I found a lot of stuff that I never would have known what was what, because I had to listen to it. You feel me? So then as a DJ, if I'm going to play it for somebody, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's your ear you're trusting, right? You know, now you just go by the chart, download all the hottest stuff that you think there's on the radio or that girls want to hear. You know what I mean? But back well, then, isn't that, isn't that the
0: balance and stuff between playing... Because, st- like, as a DJ, you know that generally people respond to people being familiar with stuff, and that's generally... People don't really want to dance unless they know the joint, you know, unless it's... Translates on some magical DJ stuff, which is interesting because like it doesn't always translate in the same way and stuff it's like people are kind of programmed in that sense of that they want to just hear the hits but there's also i think that mythology behind it that the greatest djs don't play the hits they play the things that no one else knows about
2: well you also have you also have the the dj rule. i think they call it like the, the three for two or something like that right Like you play three songs that everybody knows and play two songs that nobody knows and three songs, you know what I mean? You know, kind of balance it out.
0: Right. That's that's interesting, right? (laughs) they kind of find like that balance of uh, playing the pop. Especially too, you know, it's like, it's kind of like with there's just like that outline of the hits you know like oh murder she wrote, hey you know you know you you know like there's this kind of like which it's it's hard because those are also the songs we love
1: right. and there's
0: a reason why they're popular because they're dope
1: right. but and you don't want
0: to play just play like the hit you know like that was always been a balance for me of like you know and also wanting to create my own music because then yeah. If it's yours, then you really, no one can say anything in the set because you're like, wait a minute, this is my, my job. I
1: made this track. Like, yeah, sure.
0: Because, right, I mean, like you've ever, you've ever had that feeling before where you're like, you kind of mixed out your set and then there's an opening DJ and then they're playing the same, a couple of the same songs yeah. that you're about to play and you're like. Yeah. yeah. Or how many times have you been playing a show for the artist that was there? And then they don't want you. I remember I was, open, I was doing a show for you. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if it was Barrington or something, and you're like, yo, no, they're going to do that song later. Don't play that song. And I'm like, yeah, what? You, like, you can't burn them out, man. You can't burn them <laughs> out. But you know, that's just,
2: you know, the way it is. I mean, that's the same way, for example, like when you work with another DJ, you know what I mean? Oh, you, you normally know, we have two or three DJs. At least when I work, normally it's two or three DJs. Right. So, you know. You kind of have, like, for example, if it's my club, it's Jamaican Gold, right? So early vibe, we're going to play, like, older stuff and lovers rock and roots and culture, right? So, you know, by the time 11 o'clock hits, we hit them with that hip-hop set, you know what I mean? Now they're ready for action. So you kind of just build it up, play some older dancehall right before that, kill them with the hip-hop set because, like you said, familiarity gets everybody to dance floor, right? And then come in with, like, the hardcore dancehall, you know what I'm saying? And if you build it up, we all work together because that's the thing about it. Some DJs. They think they need to play the hottest joint to get the biggest applause. You know what I mean? In my opinion, because I would like to be an opening DJ, you know what I'm saying? Play the early vibes, right? It's playing that song that they forgot about that they love. That's to me, would always get the biggest forward. You know what I'm saying? Banging on the wall. that's like, oh, he played the oh! – you know what I'm saying? Because the element of surprise, man. You know, we hear the crowd just start, oh! You know what I mean? The element of surprise, man, is really – what, what turns me on man
0: <laughs> yeah or like i always like it that like if they're singing with it you know if the crowd's singing with it and stuff and you could like pull it out and you can sure. hear them singing the lyrics sure. and stuff and everything sure.
2: interaction man you know that's always the best best form of flattery
0: and then you've always been a you know a dj like me in the sense of that like an artist could have a good a bunch of shitty songs but if they have that one gem you'll yeah. bump it you know
2: yeah But yeah. me you know honestly man when I play it's all about the vibe man it's all about the vibe bro I really just look at the crowd and how they react man and how they're vibing to play the next tune you know what I mean and I guess that's why I like vinyl so much because you know I see a lot of DJs on the computer and they're on a the computer like this they're not even looking at the crowd you know what I mean? There's a computer like this. <laughs> you just got to figure out what they're going
0: to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I get it. You know what I'm saying? But there's, there's a certain thing. For example, most mixes are going to be faster than a computer because now you're beat matching. Everything is right there. It's a stroll. this, that, whatever. When it's vinyl, it's just a whole different vibe, man. I mean, vinyl really is the way you DJ a vibe, you know, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not going to have no quick mix unless you're just, like, really line them all up and pre-mix your mix. I don't tend to do that. I don't tend to practice my mix before, before the gig. I normally show up with about one or two crates, that I know I got some, some murder in there, some fire in there, you know what I'm saying? And just let sure. the, the, the vibe control, control itself. And have
0: you ever DJed off Serato? Like, I mean...
2: Um, I have, man. You know, the first time I, I, I used Serato was um, when Miss um, Trinity, she, she, um, she hired me to go to Japan with her to be her manager, her DJ, and her hype man. And um, obviously, you know I mean, you know, this is what, 2011, I believe, somewhere around there. Yeah, right, right, right. I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, you know, you're not bringing a no vinyl out there. So, you know, I brought my computer, brought my little my little Serato disc and all that, man. Wow, like, that, that was cool. back in
0: the day when the Serato was just search coming out. So you had to actually calibrate it. That was when you had to calibrate it no, and no, all no,
2: that. No, no, Actually, I use the CDJs.
0: You know, I don't ever use CDJs. But, you know oh, what wow. I mean, it's okay, so yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. easy, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, okay, so yeah, easy. That, that's easy. Now you don't have to calibrate yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, you had not to calibrate nothing, man. But it was cool because, you know, you could line up her set just the way she wanted it, you know what I'm saying, real easy. So, just you know, it was a fun gig, definitely a different type of gig than I'm used to. But I think I pulled it off like I've done it before. <laughs> how yeah. much
0: money do you think in the over the years do you think you spent on vinyl?
2: Oh, man.
0: Um, Honestly, if you had to put a number on it, how much or what's or it?
2: Probably, like, 150, 200 stacks, man. Like, yo, I was really, like, only thing I used to buy, man, when I had a lot of money coming in, man, was was DVDs and vinyl, bro. Right.
1: You know what
2: I mean? I mean, I had a lot of friends who, like, would hook me up with gear. So <laughs> I always had a lot of fresh gear, you know what I mean? So, you know, what else am I spend my money on? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: No, definitely. I mean, it, it, it's a good archive, too, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they can, you know, p- people can't see it, but those are all crates on, on, on each side and everything. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, it just.
2: Not just east know. side, below, behind. <laughs>
0: exactly. I mean,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm literally sitting on vinyl, man. All different types, too. Yeah.
0: Do you remember what your first record was that you bought?
2: Um, I don't, I don't, man. Um, you know, me, I'm the youngest in my family, man. So really, when I first got got into vinyl, it was because my older brother and sister left it at my mom's house, and um, you know, me and my other brother started going through it. You know, from 45s to 12 inches.
0: And how old were you when you when you DJed your first your your show? Like, how old were you when you started oh, DJing?
2: Um, I mean, DJ for me came a little bit later. I've always loved it. I've always messed around with it, but I never really took it serious as far as me being a DJ. You know. Um, so I think the first time I DJ was probably at the West end. I was doing this, 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 um, live reggae, reggae night, man, with this group called Mongoose and, uh, the DJ, there was DJ Ron Miller. And the night was so crazy, man, that, um, the owner ended up giving me a Thursday night too. So I was doing Wednesday and Thursday. And I think in about 96, 97, I, I decided I was going to DJ, um, the Thursday night, you know, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, but like I said, I mean, for me, DJing was just for fun. I mean, when it comes to the parties and the club thing, the promotion and marketing, that was really my niche, you know, just organizing it, marketing it, getting people to show up and making sure people had a reason to come back, you know?
0: Right, and that was always that was always your forte, was this kind of structure structuring. But, you know, I wouldn't say that, because I, I, I would say most promoters I know and stuff aren't real DJs and you're a real DJ. So, you, you know, you... You're even a big, you like dancing too though, but you, yeah. you, you know, you I'm always, you always emphasize to me from the day I met you, that part of the culture about that, you know, the dancing and, you know, that, that element of people truly having fun at the club. That's one thing I could say that I've always seen with you is that, you know, you're such a servant of the people when you're there, like you're always trying to make sure that people are accommodated to and having a good time and that uh yeah which i don't get from most promoters or this there to you know they booked some acts and they're just you know in the thing like you you also want to have hospitality behind it which i think is one of the reasons why you've been so successful with it throughout yeah. the years and stuff
2: yeah, I mean, I just like to make sure everybody's having a good time the vibes are right, bro. You know what I mean? And that's the thing about it, man. I take everything the same way if I'm playing records, if I'm yelling on the microphone, or if I'm just there as the as the host. You know what I'm saying? It's really just make sure the vibes are good, man. You know? Encourage the vibes. Encourage the best vibe possible, right? You know what I'm saying? Cause, and I think you know, that's why they
0: brought you in on uh, Shaba. You know, congratulations on that and stuff. With, okay. You know? Sure, I mean, that's – I mean, hey, that's – I think one of the reasons Sean brought you in, you know, is because the way you host that party and stuff, it makes, I think, people feel at home. And I think people, it adds a very peaceful, loving vibe to the parties, which I think is one thing that I've always noticed with with you is that, you know, you like to spread that real Rasta love, you know, throughout it and stuff and, you know, really see people enjoying themselves
2: yeah man but well, it's funny about the shabba thing man because um you know me and sean we hooked up at the dragonfly man at jamaica live like in early 2000s right so um this is around the time when mark love didn't want to dj you know reggae parties anymore he just want to do his thing you know and I, I don't even what i don't even know where he went man i think he's working at i don't know who knows but anyways so i brought Sean and in man to do a hip-hop set and during this time on Thursday night, I was MC. So, you know, how the night was started to make it live was I would start DJing an early set. And at 11 o'clock, the hip hop DJ would come on, I'll pick up the mic, they would just rock out, you know what I'm saying, just have some fun. And um, so that's how the thing with me and Sean started, man. We did that. Um, a few years later, um, they were bringing Electric Punani to LA. And um, he kept telling, um, 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 Jen, um, jen that yo you got to put q on the thing. you're bringing reggae party to la he's like the master of la you know what i mean have him dj a set so you know we hooked up there again you know what i mean i think this is like um 2011 2012 you know what i'm saying so and that was a crazy party man and um two years later sean hit me up and was like hey man um you know i got this other dj who's pretty dope man it's an asian cat named drew man we've been doing some parties and i think we want to do our own party man we want to do a reggae party man and um you know, we know what you, if you're on it, a, on a, the vibe will be official. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, I guess the rest is history, man. You know, that, that thing just kind of blew up like wildfire, you know?
0: I mean, the, the those parties at Los Colbos, bro, have been banging. And then you guys traveled, right? You guys went to Jamaica for New Year's Jamaica, and you guys New have gone a couple other places, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I haven't been on all the trips, with them. like, you know, they've been going everywhere, man, from – um, Japan, to Canada, to, you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, for the few trips I did make it to, man, uh, Jamaica for New Year's, New York for um, Labor Day weekend, man. And, you know, I mean, right now, it would probably be crazy as hell if it wasn't for COVID, man, because things were right about to go crazy. And what I mean by that, it was um, back in um, in um, March, the end of March, we're gonna have the four-year anniversary of Shoppa. We're gonna take over the El Rey Theater, bring this artist, this dance hall artist named Cynthia, and it was going to be the first venture we did with um, Live Nation. You know, um, unfortunately, you know, it never happened. since was at the end of March and COVID started towards the middle. But, um, yeah, things would have been crazy right now. But, you know, things are still going good. They got the podcast going on. They got the um, the sponsorship with Nike. I don't know if you've seen the shop with Nike shoes and all that type of stuff, man. But, yeah, you know, things are going good for those kids, man. I'm proud of them.
0: They got a sponsorship with Nike?
2: Yo, you haven't seen the commercial? Yeah, I got to show you the commercial, man. Yeah yeah
0: no, that's amazing that's amazing
2: yeah
0: that's amazing man you know yeah they're
2: doing a thing man they're doing a thing you know
0: yeah i mean well definitely uh sean's a really good dj man and you know he's oh, a sure. really good dude sure. and you know that the way that they uh they mix together and stuff it's like mm-hmm. it's definitely like a uh you know like a dj crew and stuff that you know they're beat juggling they're you know make actually you know Scratching and you know that's that's rare you know in the culture yeah. these days and stuff. I mean
2: the, the the best part about it, man, you know from um Sasha from Sasha Payne and um you know Sire and the whole crew, man, Billy the whole crew, man, it's like everybody is so cool. Like there's no negativity. Everybody's there just having a good time. Which for me, working with other DJs, sometimes you have a little attitude going on, and it's like <laughs> I'm not gonna say it was hard for me to get through, but sometimes <laughs> it was a bit challenging to you know be like, okay. I got all this bullshit in my ear, but let me go out there and project the best thing, the best vibes I, I, I know. You know what I mean? As if everything is just perfect right now. You know what I'm saying? And I think for the most part, you know what I mean? I pulled it off. That's why I would always call myself a professional. Right. But um, when you're in a situation where everybody's just like, yo, there's just love. There's no, like, animosity. There's no jealousy. There's no back talk. There's no, you know what I mean? like Negativity. Just,
0: there's no negativity. There's no yeah. drama.
2: It's, it's an amazing thing, brother. It's an amazing thing. And you don't always get that. You don't always get that. Well, I don't care if it's hip hop, reggae, whatever. <laughs> you don't always get the advice, bro. That's
0: why you're my best friend.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> because it's very rare to have people that there's no negativity ever and yeah. stuff. Which, yeah. you yeah. know, people that you consider fam- you know, family and their only... You know, what I mean, and how about this? You know, I'm not saying that with that always with certain business and stuff that even has to be, but even if it's just professional and nice, you know, even if it doesn't have to be this family thing, you know, like there's, just you know, just nice to go to a work environment and it not be drama and not have people or things that you consider, um, a liability,
2: right? right.
0: You know, a liability or, uh, stress you know what i mean because uh, i think that in life stress is just such a killer bro i mean that's one thing i think I, I admire about you is that you don't you don't you don't wear it on your sleeve the same way that i do that's for sure you brush stuff off way better than i do
2: <laughs> it's funny man that's that's the compliment i get the most from 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 loved ones you know what i mean it's like q the way you deal with people man like you don't just kill them like i would kill them if somebody said that to me i'd kill them <laughs> you know I mean? It's, you know, but like I said, like Bruce Lee said, right? So if we got to come to violence, no one wins, man. So we got to try to figure out a way, as King Solomon would do it, you know what I'm saying, or I would do it and say, okay, let's figure out how we can get through this by by communicating. You know what I mean? And not judging and not being angry, but just trying to understand each other. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, isn't that the hardest thing? I mean, I mean, that was – You know, it's something like right now, like I had one of a guy that I, I've DJed for, for over 10 years on and off. And some of the things that he, I saw him the last couple of days saying online and stuff saying, saying online like, wow, should I engage with this in a certain way? And, You want to kill it with kindness and you want to be diplomatic and understanding because I don't think that you're really ever going to find a solution if you're just attacking the person and alienating the person. now here's the balance is what they're saying is completely wrong and you can't co-sign on it.
2: Well, I mean, you... it's, it's okay to leave the situation. You know what I'm saying? It's okay to leave a situation. And it doesn't have to be your right or their right. It's just, you know, I mean, sometimes it's okay to just leave the situation, right? And just move on, man. Because the older you get, the more valuable you realize time is. You know what I mean? You know, and it's like, sometimes, you know, we just reach our limit, right? So sometimes it'd be the perfect situation, but the situation just reaches the limit and it's time to go,
0: you know? Well, that's the one thing that I really... I've been trying to do for the rest of the year is just not engage, you know, and it, it's just like a lot of the times I feel like people are just baiting you for a response or they're trying to trigger you mm-hmm. or trying to bait an engagement or a confrontation. They're not looking for a debate or to have an informative conversation or, or just go over and evolve their point of view or, or, or likewise be able to articulate to the person in a certain way that will convince you that maybe you're not looking at things in the right way. It's just more of just looking for a fight.
2: Right. Hey, some people are miserable, man. Some people are just pissed off, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's well, what I I think
0: I've been seeing that a lot lately is like, like, yo, man, like people are just looking for a fight lately. I mean, especially I think with the pandemic and, and people are, are are triggered like on every end. like they're just, well,
2: what, what do we just talk about, right? We talk about stress as the killer, right? Stress affects different people in different ways. For some people, stress makes you just bubble up and just blurt out at anybody close to you. It's not because you even have a problem with that person, it's because they were there. You know what I mean? Right now we're going through this pandemic, man, and they're saying that divorce is at an all-time high rate because the situation's worked out when you have kids with this person or not have kids and, you know, you go to work and then they go to work and then you see each other on the weekend and you kind of hang out sometimes. But it's a lot different when no one's going anywhere. (laughs) And now all of a sudden you have to realize, like, you're just stuck with this person. You have to really, you know, deal with them. You know, it's just different, man. It's different.
0: Oh, yeah, and it definitely – ample bits has been amplified because i think that when people are in a survival mode the true colors has come out there's like yo exactly. it, it, it exactly. is what it is it, it is what it is like it don't like it i'm just trying to get by and it, this isn't about us this is about me and well,
2: like they say you know it's easy it's easy to get along when you're winning you know what i mean You know, it's easy to get along when you're selling records, right? It's easy to get along when you have a a hit movie out, right? The problem is when you're not winning and you still got to deal with the same people. You know what I mean? Not everybody can deal with in a healthy way, bro. You know, and that's really where where the truth comes out.
0: Yeah. Or if even in that success, that things that people might not have been gassed up enough to say at a certain point, once they get to a certain level, they feel like, you
1: know, but
2: well, here's the thing about success, right? Success has the expiration date, right? Most successful people, really successful people, have, have a lifespan of being successful for maybe 10 years. You know what I mean? That could be whether it's, it's fame from music or acting, or if it's even just a, 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 a brand you have or a clothing store. You know what I mean? Most people get 10 years, man. After 10 years, it's done. It's done, you know? And it's, it, it could be hard for you when you want that same success. 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you know, if you're, if you're really hemmed up on the, on the idea of success, it would never last longer than 10 years. Never last longer than 10 years.
0: Because so what do you think, what, what do you, what do you think is the difference then with like people like Bob and, you know, Jimi Hendrix or, you know, Kirk Cobain, you know, whatever they, they, these you people. Know the
2: difference? <laughs> you want to know the difference? They never gave a fuck about no success, bro. They didn't do it for success. They did it for, for, the, for the culture, they did it for the movement, they did it for the vibe, you know what I mean? Now when you're in it for that those reasons, as an artist, it's easy to maintain, you know what I mean? Go the direction of the movement, that's easy to follow, you know what I mean? But if you have success and all of a sudden you're on every billboard, every magazine, and then two years later, you're not in any billboarding magazine and that's what you're judging from, it's hard, man, it's hard to deal with yourself. You know, I read an article about um, um, Lady Gaga, and she was saying that the first years of her success, she wanted to commit suicide. She tried to commit suicide a number of times. She um, hated her, her her piano. She was blaming her piano for her success. Like, you're the one that did this to me. You know what I'm saying? Because the fame, it looks good on TV. But when it's on in your, in your, in your, in your doorstep, it's a whole different ball game. You got people trying to, like, hide behind bushes to take pictures of you. You know what I mean? It's a whole different ballgame. You got people following you everywhere, trying to take pictures to sell, whatever. Nothing you do can is like private. It's a whole different ball game, bro.
0: I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, I think that that's one of the things with like Kanye West and Michael Jackson and stuff. Like, I think Michael was a different story because he was, you know, famous from the time he was a kid, but I question if Kanye truly understood the, the level of invasiveness that was going to happen once he became at a certain level, you know, and.
2: I hate to say it, Kanye's in it for the fame. He's in it for the fame. You know what I mean? I think if you had told Kanye, you either have a lot of money or be the most famous person in the world, he would pick the most famous person in the world, you know. Uh, but, you know, I can't, you know, I mean, you know, we all have to do what what we feel is important or, or rewarding for our own lives. You know what I'm saying? You know, me personally, I never want to be famous. I mean, I've been in, on TV. I've done, you know, magazine shoots and stuff like that. But, you know, for me, it was all about the art of it. You know what I mean? Just, you know, if I'm going to become a character on a TV show or a movie, it's just, can I really pull off this character? Can I really become that person for this TV show? Can I do it good? You know? Um, If I was going to DJ, it's like, can I really, like, DJ this party and have people, like, remember this party as being a good party? You know what I'm saying? It's just – I always keep it simple for myself. But then again, I'm not worth billions of dollars, am I?
0: <laughs> right, but there's there's a history there, and that's what I want to go through with you. So I'm going to show – so with the quality radio, usually I show some pictures. This one – Can you see my screen? Can you see? Yeah,
2: Mariton Levy, Buju Bonton. yeah. I know them dudes.
0: All right, so I'm going to bring up some pictures and you just kind of... So what? You did a show with uh, you and... uh...
2: Yeah, so that was Buju Bonton, man. And um, that was the first time that Jamaican Gold actually had them perform. It's a long time ago. That was probably taken about 97, 98, so many moons ago, you know. But it was one one of my favorite shows, man. I mean, I love Buju as an artist and... For me, personally, that's the most rewarding thing about my life was that I was actually able to work with these guys and um, present them in front of people who probably never would have had an interest to see them. You know what I mean? Um, Whether hip-hop or reggae, you know?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that that's one of the things is that always impressed me about you bro is that even if you were doing the shows with like the biggest stars, like I never saw it affect you. You're always so down to earth and humble and, and, you know, you always had so much humility, which, uh, you know, it was a trip, bro, because, you know, being in the scene and stuff, generally you just get people just being arrogant nonstop. Why? And, Why? Well, Man, I, I agree with you. Now. I never want to be that way too. I'm just saying, I just give you that credit.
2: When it comes to entertainment, it's not about you it's about them and when I say them it's about the masses right so it's really all about you know the fan like you know I mean I've turned a lot of people who say oh I hate reggae I hate dancehall into like dancehall reggae lovers you feel me you know what I mean and that's just the vibe that's what I'm trying to do like I want to give you culture you know what I mean understand back in 93 when I threw my first party man like culture was not a, a common thing for LA it wasn't like New York we didn't have culture you know what I mean? Most clubs out here would not let you play regular hip-hop. They were all – if it was going to be any type of um, black thing or black music, it was always funk, right? You get funk or you get techno. What do you want at the club? You know what I mean? So a lot of the funk DJs started sliding a little bit of hip-hop in there and blending it because it's the same beat back then, remember? The sampling was real back then. So that's how you kind of got away with some of these DJs back then. You know what I'm saying? Um, but for the majority, they didn't want you to play any – black music really no reggae no hip-hop you know so the first time when i discovered this and i was like wow they're actually playing to the club i want to give it to everybody like yo you gotta see this this is this is crazy the vibes are insane you know sure. um and yeah so i guess yeah i guess that's why i did it
0: <laughs> well you know, and our, not just did it or doing it still bro because you're still pushing forward and you're still you know Living it every day, man. Uh, you know, you you've been doing. So, so, do you remember the first show you ever DJ?
2: The first show, yeah. Um, like like concert festival, you mean?
0: Well, just yeah, like the first time you ever went out to go DJ. Um, oh, I guess
2: the first time I DJed my own party at the West End on a Thursday night. We call it um, um, backyard, the backyard. We'd have different reggae bands come through and perform in between, and um, in between. The DJ would play. So I just play like 30 minutes here, you know, 30 minutes there. Um, yeah. Um, let me think. The first uh, major festival I think I've DJed was probably UCLA, the UCLA Reggae Festival. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing. Um, um,
0: and you've traveled to internationally a couple of times. Like where, where's the nicest place you think you like you've ever traveled to internationally to go do a show?
2: Um, I mean, I love Japan. I probably would put that there, but I got to get Morocco some love because they flew me out there to do a set as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, like I said, I mean, reggae music has a different effect than people all over the world, man. It's the craziest thing to see. Most people will tell you, like most people have their regular music, whatever music they love, and then reggae. You know what I mean? And um, the way that the whole world is on the same reggae vibe when reggae music is being played is an amazing thing to show people, bro.
0: Well, i think that's why bob was so universal man you know what i mean it just it's just that beat that could you mean you know just you could feel the love
1: yeah yeah and
2: i mean bob really is the one that paved the way you know and now it's kids you know what i'm saying but um it's, it's a beautiful thing because i mean reggae music for what it stands for right like one love consciousness reality you know what i mean justice you know what i mean equality you know what i'm saying Things of that nature, man. It's a beautiful thing to really give people, man.
0: Here we go. So let's uh, let's go through a couple other pictures here. So, so. Can you see that?
2: Yeah, beanie man and Ed live at the Hollow Park Casino.
0: So you remember uh, that gig?
2: Yeah, I remember that gig, man. It was um actually it was um it was a joint venture, man. Um, um, with some other some other Jamaican kids, man. Um, it was cool. It was you know it was cool. Hollywood Park Casino in in like the late '90s, man, was an amazing place to see a venue because the ceilings were so low, and the stage was like right there, man. And but, but you're getting in like two, three thousand people.
0: You know? Steel Pulse was very common for 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 for, for doing their gig there, right? Too.
2: Well, yeah, no. And I'm saying that because the still post gigs would normally come through um was it um K Rock, right? So K Rock would do it at the beginning of the of the horse racing season. So those shows are actually out, outdoors. You have like dollar hot dog, dollar beers, you know what I mean? Right, so right, right. right okay. vibe, you know what I mean? With and the, the warm dance warm hall them. stuff was yeah, the dance hall stuff was a little bit more um raunchy. raunchy.
1: <laughs> you I know like I mean?
2: that. And people, yeah, I mean, it was a sweat box, man. It was a sweat box with low ceiling, people were in Versace, champagne everywhere, man. You know what I'm saying? You well, remember,
0: remember when you did uh, Sean Paul um, at uh, Dragonfly? The, yeah, you the remember the, the moisture was falling off of the top of the ceiling and stuff? Yeah,
2: that, that right there was a crazy show, man. And what really tripped me out about that show wasn't even the inside. What tripped me out about that show was traffic was backed up from the Dragonfly all the way back to past Highland. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what really tripped me out of that one, man.
0: <laughs> a couple of those. Yeah. Animals, so let's take a look at this. So, like, it's you guys. Let's see. So this is another one of you guys from Jamaica Live. So what, Beanie came to perform at Jamaica I think I remember that night.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So Beanie was there. Actually, my man right there, Dre, man, that's the one I was doing. that We did the Beanie Man show with, man. You know, he's a he's a big baller from Jamaica, man. And um. He wanted to take his his parties from New York to L.A.,
0: right? Yeah. And he was so I I remember like Beanie was like one of the few dudes down you know backstage was really nice to me. He was just really you know humble and nice and stuff. You know,
1: yeah. So was, I always
0: thought that Beanie man was just one of the best MCs ever, man. I mean,
2: he he was really what we call like the 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 Michael Jackson of dancehall, and not be, and just because the way he performs, man, his his performance is so energetic just so you know yeah you know i mean crazy the guy can perform for two three hours man you know what i'm saying did you, you see
0: know? the live stream that he did the one with bounty yeah the where they're like the cop the cops come to go break it up and he's like you don't want to be the person that breaks up we got you, <laughs> you want to be that be guy a, you want to uh, be that guy yeah you want to be that know, guy
1: like this.
0: That,
2: <laughs> that was a dope versus versus they ever had and they give them no respect because of Jamaica. I don't know if you heard what's going around and with the Billboard. Quality
0: was so good—the quality, the audio oh, quality, and everything.
2: So, so Billboard Magazine tried to have put the verses thing on the cover, and they basically put everybody who was on verses besides Beanie and Bounty. Okay, it's the best one. Yeah, yeah. So people started complaining. All the artists came together, promoted. We all came together as, as reggae fans. It was like, "Yo, what's going on?" So then they try to—they try to, I guess, clear it up and say, "Okay, we want everyone to vote on whether that was the best verses." Okay, Beanie and Bounty got 80, 83% of the votes. Everybody else got 17%. Okay, now Billboard magazine comes back and says, Well, we didn't really count the 83% because most of the people are from Jamaica. Now, okay. if, those, if those same Jamaicans would have voted for Anita Baker and um, and um, Gladys it Knight, enough, it would have been good enough votes for them. Nobody would have said, hey, that don't count because they got people voted from Jamaica. Of course not. But think about it. Even, even if it even if it's 53% of the 80, of the 80% of the people that voted for him, they still beat everybody else. Even if. And they still don't want to give no respect, now. But it's the same thing that we've been going through, man, in the dance hall. Once someone comes gets big in the dance hall, what happens? They call it hip hop. Sean Paul comes out. The first artist to ever have an album with only dance hall tracks in it. No hip-hop, no crossover tunes, all dance hall duels, right? And one of the first, oh, this is hip-hop. you talking about when he came out with uh, Give Me The joy. Pass Me The Joint? Just Give Me The Light. Give Me The Light. Just Give Me The Light. Yo, yeah. the whole album. That was the first time I ever seen a reggae artist come out with a whole album with no crossover hip-hop tracks. All dance hall tracks. Murdered it. Yeah. Everybody want to say it's hip-hop. You know, Drake tries would. to do dance hall. Drake, Drake comes out with a hit, dance hall hit. What do you call it? Oh, it's this tropical house. Nobody ever want to get dance hall no love. You know, but there's reasons for that, you know. There's reasons for that. Dance hall is very, very real. Very, very real. They're not going to bow down just to bow down, you
0: know. So there's you. This, this was what show? At uh, Jamaica Dragon Live or Jamaica West?
2: Yeah, the d- Dragonfly, that's the show you are talking about. Right, right? We were, I remember that show. I was there. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: yeah,
0: was the end. That was the night with Trinity. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Man, imagine she would have stayed on tour with him. How will be would have been. But, you know, give thanks, you know?
0: So people got respect for themselves.
2: <laughs> yeah, give thanks, you know? Yeah.
0: You know, but, uh, yeah, but, I mean, that was uh. That was a beautiful period too when you were doing a club. I mean, you were just you. You guys always had someone like every week. You know, every week it was some it was type every of.
2: Week, but yeah, I get what you're saying, man. You know.
0: Bro, it, not every week. Yes, I agree with you. You're very, very <laughs> literal, but but yes, but
2: the the formula was once a month. That was the Jamaican Go formula. If you have an artist, if you're doing a weekly, and you have a big artist coming once a month, it seemed like every fucking night. you just heard somebody perform and kill it or you missed it right and you're looking forward to the next person you know what i'm saying you gotta have a little a little
0: little space
2: yeah but sometimes i mean yeah honestly sometimes it would be like almost every week because we got to we got to be so popular man with not just the 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 people but with the record labels the radio stations that people felt like whether hip-hop or reggae if we want to be in the right underground market we have to go perform at Jamaican Gold or Jamaica Live. You know what I'm saying? That's where all the real kids go. That's where the people go who are famous and make records, and like they're just regular people. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it became that spot. You know, it really became that spot. You know, we totally embraced it. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I mean, you know, I want to hear Mark Love and White Lightning DJ, but if I could see, um, you know, you know, um, Beanie Man or Sean Paul. What about, or- that, what
0: about that Sizzler show? Remember that Sizzler show you did at yeah. the Century Club?
2: Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy.
0: That was a crazy show. That was a crazy venue, bro. The Century, Century Club, Club was a, an iconic <laughs> spot, man.
2: Yeah, man. Too bad there's a hole in the ground right now. But, yeah, we had some fun there, man. Yo, the craziest show I did there, man, was probably Shaggy. Was probably Shaggy. Shaggy. Yeah, he just went 10 platinum with it. It wasn't me. And Angel was hot hot right after and he came by. That night, I think we had, we had about 2,000 people inside the club and another 500 people outside. This is Sunday night, bro. Sunday night.
0: Yeah. Well, Sunday night, yeah. That was always the thing, right? If you could figure it out on an off night. Always, put, always <laughs> venues on off nights. But get to pop it on an off night.
2: But, you know, I mean, for me, I'll be honest with you, I used to hate nightclubs. When I was 18, 19, 20, 21, I hated nightclubs. I hated them. Couldn't stand them. You know what I mean? But the reason why I hated them was because I was going to the club like everybody else, right, on a Friday or Saturday. Now, when you go to a club in in Hollywood on Friday and Saturday, everyone is on weekend mode, poom poo mode. I worked all week. Where is she at? Where he at? You know what I'm saying? So it really wasn't about the music. It wasn't about the vibe. It was mainly about trying to hook up. It's the weekend. You know what I'm saying? So it's a little bit different. When you have an off night like a Thursday or a Sunday, it's a lot easier to get the majority of people to come out just for the vibe. And for the music. You know what I mean? Because they, they, they got they got the weekend to worry about getting laid, you know what I mean, the next day or the day before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Make mm-hmm. it more about the music unless it's a hookup spot. Yeah. Sure. It's just, it's just true. Sure.
1: Yeah.
2: So Cash, just tell me who well, follow me, you know, because I was always known really for doing the, the Thursday. And then the Sunday, right? So people are like, yeah, can you know, I go out to the Dragonfly on a Thursday, man. I get like three or four numbers, so I call them up. You know, we hook up uh, on Friday and Saturday, and Sunday, I'm ready to do it again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, if it works for you, it works for me, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You got to keep the, keep the, keep the, the cycle. Yeah, keep you got to have the rotation. All right, so uh, yeah, here we go. This next one. you. Yeah. So. Boom,
2: Barrington Levy, yeah, so. yeah. The other like the Cabana Club, I think that's the Cabana Club, which is now what do they call Cabana Club now? Um, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Barrington's always been you know a staple in, in, in you know the community, man. You know, what I mean,
2: yeah, but he's always him. had such a unique style. You know, what I mean, and um, whether he's doing like a hip hop uh, um version, you know, what I mean, with a big a uh, big hip hop artist or. If it's just the roots, you know what I mean, you know, or the old school dancehall style, man. It's, it's just his style is so classic and and timeless that it just yeah. always works.
0: And Detours, are, you know, when he uses Detour, they're a good band too, man. You know, yeah, Detour. yeah. That's his
2: official backing band. You know, that's his official backing band. They, I mean, those guys backed everybody, man. They, you know,
0: yeah. yeah. You 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 were doing that. Uh, you've done a bunch of shows with them, you guys. You even had them always down at the down at the beach and.
2: Oh, live reggae Fridays!
0: Yeah,
2: I miss those nights, man. It was like it was like LA's, like South Bay's best kept secret, man. The vibe was so nice for a Friday night, man.
0: Yeah, no, that was uh, you know what was one of my favorite shows was when you brought him for
2: Uh, Sham. Yeah, Yeah.
0: ghetto story, my ghetto story,
1: and then. yeah.
0: And then, um, uh, and then there was that, uh, oh my gosh, uh, who am I thinking about, Egyptian uh, when you did the Egyptian show, yeah. well Egyptian before he was even really famous and stuff, when you had Egyptian come out before he was even, know anyone who really knew him. Oh, before
2: the Hold You song, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Gypsy, man, you know,
2: the first time I saw him before, man, was I think Reggie the River, man, and um, to see him, just, man, his voice. He's like he's like I don't know man I guess El Jabars I guess something like that you know what I'm saying like he just has that voice you know what I mean that vibe you don't even move much but the vibe and the voice is all the work you know
0: that that chronic show that we went to not last year or was that a year or two ago you know that was a good show too that chronic
1: yeah, yeah. show Yeah chronic
2: is good man chronic is good you know he he's definitely bringing the roots back you know what I mean there's a reggae revival movement going on in Jamaica right now um Coffee Chronic Protege. Um, Jesse Royal um, and a few others, a few other men, really bringing back just the roots <laughs> and and that, and, the, and the vibes. You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, that's you know one thing I always loved is like you know I love roots reggae, and then you know it's like generally when DJing, you know, people want more dance hall or dancey stuff and everything. But if you could find that cool roots stuff, that still people want to jam out to. Mm-hmm. I always love that that balance like you said you know it's a little bit if you're playing a little bit earlier in the set you can get away with a little bit sure. different of a vibe.
2: You'd be, you'd be surprised man you know I mean you'd be surprised man because in a dance man you know you can't just always be at a hundred and three BPMs man sometimes you want to have a moment of what we call the cool down right and bring in some of the, the the reggae classics or just something a little bit slower they can just kind of catch your breath too you know. Boom boom boom. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You, know, you
0: gotta, you gotta, got our sister Nancy, you gotta mix it up and stuff here. Yeah, hold on, let's see. So, got a couple more yeah. things here. In this, uh, yeah,
2: at the end of the day, it's just about a vibe, man. And just giving, like I said, the element of surprise, man, it's, it's an amazing thing.
0: Right, mm. right, so, a couple of times, you know, here in Equality Radio, so we bring up, so with what happened,
2: are you trying to make me mad now?
0: Nah, I no said, don't is, get mad. You yeah, I don't saw put the
2: shot, but then you going to put this up there and you're gonna try to make me mad. Nah, don't All get right.
1: mad.
0: don't get mad. Just tell me how you feel, man. What do you think?
2: <laughs> how I think about what Breonna Taylor's murder.
0: No, how? What, what do huh? you think? What do you think about about the the decision the other day that once again that fucking some cops that fucking murdered someone got off, and that 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 fucking something has to change because if this keeps happening, it's not going to be sustainable. You can't. Just have, you know, cops that have qualified immunity and that they can just murder anyone white, black, yellow polka dots and just get away with it.
1: And First of all,
2: that, they, they don't murder white and polka dot. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So let me start off by saying this if you want to ask me these questions. First of all, I would tell you like this. To be a police officer is not an easy job. All right. You're constantly in fear. Things can happen to you at any moment just because you're a police officer and you have a gun and a badge. I always say that when you have a gun, it invites other people to have guns. So you never know what's gonna happen, okay? Now, second of all, I'm gonna tell you this, that the system that you have set up in America, the same system that you always had set up in America, what does that mean? Well, go back to the 1800s and look at the situation, and did they really care about a black person's life or death? Or well-being? No. Do they really now in the society? Not really. You understand what I'm saying? So it's the same system that it always was. You know, the same sheriff, and the same people that were the, 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 the slave catchers, you know what I mean, back in the 1800s, the same badge. You understand what I'm saying? So I think the problem with America is, is that we grew up and believing in there's a thing called black and white, and it contains the people. Okay? Now, when you could make a human being – less than human, but a color, whether white or black, it changes the the dynamics of how you could treat them, right? In my opinion, until we make these situations about humanity, they're not going to change. They're not going to change. Now, don't get me wrong. I appreciate the Black Lives Matter movement because now Black people have gay rights. What does that mean? It means that if you go around now openly insulting Black people, you're probably going to be some consequences somewhere, Okay. But the same thing, a black person's life is not valued in America as it's a white life. And why? Because we're talking about the difference of colors that we've been brainwashed to believe are different. You see, if this was a white woman in in a room hanging out with a a drug dealer who who was selling cocaine, and the police came in there blasting, and they blasted back, and she got shot, and she was an EMT worker, I guarantee things would have been looked at differently with this no-knock um, warrant that they had to search an apartment looking for someone who did not live there.
0: Yeah, statistically speaking, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. But as long as it's a black person, they're going to always try to bury her. So right now they're trying to say, oh, she was part, she wasn't just EMT. She was, a, she was a mafia boss with her ex-boyfriend and she was stealing drugs from her work to sell on the street to little kids because they got to say something to make her look bad so they can feel better about themselves and how they treat people.
1: Hmm.
2: and that in my in my opinion is just crazy it's ludicrous why does that even make a difference look if you murder somebody you murder somebody it doesn't matter if they're a good person or bad person what gives you the right to murder them
0: i don't know that but i i i think the more overwhelming issue is that most of these people that are good people and they're not having these other they're making up stuff about them and stuff. And I, but I think that does matter, bro. I mean, like, come you on. So? so, so let me ask you this.
2: If you were a child molester and I came and killed you, that should be okay.
0: I would definitely, a lot of child that, molesters I, would, I would definitely, I would definitely say that if we were at your house and someone broke in and they were this bad person and, and we were defending ourselves or something. I would, I, I wouldn't have it. Yeah. Or let alone. Yeah. I mean, bro. Yes. I think that if someone was a child molester and someone took them out and stuff, people would have way less feelings about it. Or if someone was a really bad person, people would have way different feelings about You're it.
2: You're right. I, Let me tell you something. You're right, but it doesn't happen. And if it did happen, you would be in jail because they would tell you you can't be judge and executioner. You have no right to decide this person's fate. You murdered them. You're gonna spend time in prison. Look how how many women are being abused right now by their husband. All right. How many women right now are in jail because they killed their husband because they got tired of it? Yeah. But guess what? How many people were black? <laughs> that's the question. How many of them were black? I actually got locked up in jail.
0: Well, obviously that's the point of of conversation and stuff. Obviously there there's gross and there's gross inequalities in that and there's gross injustices in that. Yeah. You know, so. I guess the question is, do you think that people going out and protesting makes a difference?
2: It makes the only difference, bro. It makes the only difference. I'm going to tell you like this, okay? I keep hearing right now, everyone telling me to go vote. Go vote. Go vote. Voting matters. If you don't vote, Q, if you don't vote, it's going to get worse. Okay? That's what the people are telling me. But guess what? I did vote. And I put Barack Obama in the White House. And guess what? Trayvon Martin got murdered. Guess what? The murderer never served any time. It didn't really matter.
0: Okay, yeah, I agree with that, but won't you wouldn't you say that that the time under Barack Obama with him being president was better than what it is right now?
2: Hold up. You're missing the point. You're missing the point. I'm gonna get back to that. But you asked me about protesting, okay? What I'm saying is when I voted, nothing changed. All right. I'm going to tell you like this. Four months ago, people started protesting, rioting, burning stuff up. And not in black neighborhoods, but in white neighborhoods. looting them. You know what I mean? And what happened? Now they're talking about defunding the police and change has to happen. And everyone's coming together and saying, yes, change has to happen because we can't live like this. So what I say, protest is the only way to make a change. Voting, they give you two or three fools, they're all going to do the same thing and say, pick one of them. I don't know you like this person because they have a different last name or they look like you, but they're all the same people. They're all the same people. We don't pick them. We don't know these people. We don't have a choice. We just pick. So, hey you, don't think,
0: so you don't think that there's a a obvious difference in 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 the sense of policy and rhetoric, a policy and implementation of legislation comparatively and stuff. I mean, like, yeah. like after. Like it. after it said, like the Civil Rights Act and stuff, or like whatever might manifest from that, like that's legislation that's coming from one side. That's, I agree with you, two sides of the same bird. But when you look, like you look at my post the other day where it's like the Clean Water Act, this, uh, these were legislation that were passed that I get it, it doesn't fix everything but it's in search of a more perfect union. If you're a
2: human and you need water and you don't think clean water is important, you're a moron.
0: No, I agree with you. Um, But what I'm saying is that there is one side of it that is trying to to, to pass these legislations that is historically different. I agree with you that even if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris get elected in November, there will still be injustices that Mm -hmm. possibly might not, not have true consequence. Yeah. That being said, it doesn't take away from all the other things that 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 there, that that are. And how about this? We don't know that. I agree with you that when Obama was there, it's things still happen, but maybe that these the things for black people is exactly the same as it is now. Right, but exactly there could so. be right. But what I'm saying is that there could be like if Trump gets reelected, there's no way that there will ever be any type of legislation that will come up to, to, to try and fix this. What I'm saying is that if Biden, and it was saying there is a chance, and especially if we take the Senate, that they could come up with legislation that could protect against stuff like that. Then there's no chance if one side gets it, but, but there is one chance. You don't I, think that I, it'll I, ever happen. I, I, would,
2: I would tell you this. First thing I'm going to tell you there's an agenda, okay? From think about it, the same people that been running the country in the 1900s, the Rockefellers, the Rothfers, all that—they're the same ones still in power running running it. Why? Because whoever has the money makes the rules. So there's an agenda. Some people call it a new world order. You call it whatever you want to call it. So keep that in mind. Second thing I'm gonna ask you is: Do you really think if Hillary Clinton was a president right now, things would be a lot better?
0: I definitely think that, that what she put it would have put us through mentally and stuff would have been way different than what Trump has put us through.
2: Definitely different. But do you think as a whole, do you, I mean, do you think we wouldn't have had these murderers and killings? Like, do you think like Brianna Taylor still wouldn't have got murdered? You know what I mean? Do you think that we still wouldn't be in a COVID situation?
0: Um, well, I think, I think that if, if Hillary Clinton got elected, we more likely, we probably already would have been in a war with China or, or Russia and stuff because she so things
2: might not have been better. So things might not have been better.
0: Well, that's a quantitative question. It was saying, it, it, are these things that are going to have to be addressed no matter what? I don't know about that. Q. Just by sitting there and going, okay, we haven't gotten in a fight, doesn't mean that there isn't a fight that's about to come that we can't avoid.
2: Once again, man, until we all start thinking about humanity and not about color, not about it's always going to be the same. It's going to be self-worth and greed. People are going to do things for themselves to put themselves in a better place and not really worry about your kids or my kids, bro, or our future. It's just how it is. And that's my only point. We we're, were brought up to think that humanity is, is not real. It's all about black and white and money. You know what I mean? And that's, that's really is, is, is a road to suffering. Suffering. So as long as we keep thinking like that and as they want to take, take God out of the school and your everyday talk, you're going to, you're going to, we're going to suffer. We're going to suffer. So, unless we move to some place where it's not like that, where it's about humanity, about spirituality, I don't know, maybe Canada or Holland, because they seem to care about people there. You know what I'm
0: saying? There's going to be suffering. Well, I don't know about that, bro. I don't know about anyone that's anywhere on earth who's ever really experienced. You know what I mean? Me and Akil were caught talking, but you know, we're being killed. We're talking about those. When in humanity has it ever been like that?
2: Well, what I mean by that, like for example, Canada has a different view on life and how and how important life is. What I mean by that is Canada is one of the first places that weed was legal enable you were able to grow your weed. Okay, Canada has free health care for our citizens. What does that mean? That means if your grandparents get sick, they don't have to think about do we want to put the house up or, or do we want and, and not have anything to leave to our kids or do we want to or just die. So what I'm saying is. As long as we live in a society where people think that money is more important than your life or your kid's life or your grandparents' life or your parents' life, it's going to be suffering because it's not about humanity. It's about greed, self-worth, and money.
0: That's generally how people act, man, I've noticed in my life.
2: Well, that's, that's how people act in America. People don't act like that all over the world, man. You go to Holland, you go to different places, people act like life is important. I mean, if you go to Brazil, people act like life and friendship is important. Family is important. You know what I mean? Only in America but, is but, family. But, I, mean, bro,
0: that, that, I I love you, but that, that, that's, I don't know if I necessarily agree about that because uh, you, you're here in LA and you've treated me with the utmost love. Like, bro, when I came here from New York, it was very rare that I met anyone that made me feel at home or may told me what true family was or love. And you did that for me here. You're here in L.A. So Let me ask you, do I seem like a normal person you'd meet in L.A.? <laughs> no, you're definitely not a normal person I've ever met in my life period with anyone in the world.
2: There you no. have it, bro. There you have it.
0: But I'm saying, but you were still here in L.A. And da, 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 So you are a, I would say you are a – Which is funny because I guess in some eyes of how people, how popular, famous or whatever you are here, that people would say you are a representative or a fixture of L.A. Hey, so therefore, representative. I'm an
2: Angelino. I'm born in East L.A. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not. I, I'm like the black sheep of most people I I would meet in L.A. I'm like the black sheep of my own family. You know what I mean? I'm just different, bro. And I'm not saying there's anything better or worse about it. I'm just saying I'm just different. I think different, and I live different. You understand what I'm saying? Most of my family, they're all about work. They're all about how much money they have. They want to have a a car that gets attention, you know what I mean, with a nice brand on it like Mercedes or, or Audi or BMW, you know what I'm saying? And those things are important to them. What's not important to them is family like spending time with your family and actually knowing what's going on with your family. Those things are important to them. And what I find is most people born in, in America, that's how we think we're brainwashed to think that life is all about materialistic stuff. The more stuff you have that's expensive, the better you are as a person. And most people around you in America will tell you this, wow, you got some really nice stuff. You're, you must be a really important person.
0: Well, isn't that generally always the standard these days is that, you know, whether that's to get booked for a gig, whether that's generally dating, anything, most things are about clout. I mean, that's one thing that I always try to pride myself on. I'd be like, yo, look, I'm not famous or I'm not really, you know, and I still got it like that because I can pull it like that. Like that's one thing I would think is the standard of like, I I would look at life and be like, wait, but you had to be rich or famous to get that or pull that or figure that out. But that's not important, you know. I mean, but I mean, it, I mean, to me, I
2: I you know, I, I never think about clout. You know, what I mean, I used to have friends tell me and people would tell me, oh man, Q man, why do you still promote? I see you on the street you're handing out flyers, man. Why why do you still do that? You know what I'm saying? You know, they tell me I'm too big to be out there handing out a flyer. Not to know, even like, if
0: you had the biggest shows, you would always be out there on the grind doing it.
2: Well, I mean, the thing about it is, I like to meet people, I like to meet people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know,
0: that's well, why I, think, I'm there. I I'm, think also, too, they're ignorant because they don't know what it takes to get to that thing. They don't realize that the Elon Musk, you, whatever the people that are the the, the, the the special people of their, 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 their field of that all the little work that it takes to put in and stuff. That's really easy for someone to say, well, why are you out there? But how did you get to that point is by doing those things.
2: Yeah. But I get what they're saying. I didn't have to be out there. I was paying people to be out there. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't have to be out there, but really? I wanted but to be out there. That's an interesting
0: point. That's an interesting point. I didn't think about that. That's true.
2: I just wanted to be out there. I love what I do. I love meeting people. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's just part of the, part of the, the gig. You know what I'm saying? If I'm not doing this to meet people, why am I doing it? You know what I mean? I mean? I would never do it just to get rich. I'd never do it just so I could say, hey, I know famous people or maybe even one day I'm famous. You know what I mean? It's all about the vibe. Like I said, when it comes to entertainment, it's all about them.
0: Well, I would say that the Q, you are famous, but it's insane because when I go out with you, I've never seen more people know people, someone in my life that, 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 you know, you are maybe a household name. That like you're not like, you know, Dr. Dre type famous, but definitely when we go out, it's 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 uncanny about how everyone knows who, you know, I'm not you know just normal people that are in the circle that we. I mean, I remember when we were with your kids, they were like laughing about it and stuff. There, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel bad
2: for them sometimes, man. You know, all all the trips to Venice Beach, and I'm sending out flyers, and yeah. But, you know, you know, hopefully they learn something, you know, hopefully. They so, something. so,
0: so, so, well, so what of your kids what you said, I want to be a DJ or a promoter? What would you say to them uh, to that? If what well, if one of your kids you know, saw me and comes to you like that? I want this is what I want to do. I want to be a DJ. I want to be a promoter. What's yeah. your feeling? I,
2: I, I don't think they would ever do that. You know, what I mean, just because I've never like glamified it for them. You know what I mean? I never made it seem like, a, like what I do is important. You know what I mean? Um, outside of just, you know, spreading the culture, you know. Um, Solomon, you know, I like his dreams so far. You know, a couple years ago, he just looked at me and said, Dad, I had a dream. I'm going to be in the NBA. I'm like, all right, cool. All right, let's go shoot.
1: <laughs> ah, ball <I'm laughs>
2: right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I wish my, I mean, when my son was in college, when Quinn was in college, I just tell him, like, hey, man, you know, if you throw some parties out there, you can make some money, pay for other things, you know. But, you know, my kids, man, they're kind of, kind of just, like, lackadaisical, you know what I mean? And, like, most kids, like, right? Like, we don't want to, like, do what our parents do. We don't want to listen to the music our parents listen to. We want to do something different.
0: Well, it matters how successful, you know, so, uh, you know, I can't say that, you know, it just matters. But then again, I see most people that are very successful. Their kids generally want to follow in their footsteps. or they. that's one of the hardest things is following in the steps of their parents who were icons in a situation. Right. How do you live up to that?
2: Well, but that's the thing about it, right? So, I, I mean, most people rate success about how much money you make per year, okay? Um, I haven't made big money in in several years, man, compared to what I used to make. You feel me? So, for them growing up and being in that time where now they're finding out about money, and I'm like, oh, well, I, I got it, but I ain't got that. You know what I'm saying? It's just a little different. And they don't want to hear about, well, you know, back in the day, I was oh, kicking out. I was you know, if I was still making like 10 G's a night, you know what I mean? they like looking at some pictures like, <laughs> of you a drink tonight.
0: They're like, oh, that's a drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean?
2: But, but you know that, I mean.
1: bro, I, I, how
0: about this? I, I, but when things get back opened up and everything, you was know saying that That's what it's going to be again anyway and stuff, especially with everything that's going on with you. Once things get lined back up and you get together, there's gonna be a lot of good shows coming up and stuff. I have a feeling that you're gonna you're gonna get it back up and it's gonna be sick, bro. Better than it ever oh, was. For
2: sure, yo. 2020 was about to be the year, bro. Like, yo, I had things coming together so nice, so nice, bro. You, you know, know bro. But we'll see. We'll see how afraid people are about people when this is over. You know what I'm saying? Because they're gonna take t- time for people just to not be afraid of people, especially in big cities, bro. Especially in big cities, you know.
0: Okay, so next thing. So this right here. Roots rock reggae. So what, uh, tell us about this uh, venture that you're doing here. This uh, Roots Rock Reggae, you know, I've been seeing you promoting it a lot lately. This is your clothing brand, brand lifestyle brand?
2: Yeah, it's an online online um, um culture boutique, you know what I'm saying? Uh, my wife, she actually decided to put together, you know, ever since I've known her, I've always been talking about fashion, you know what I mean, and culture, and we both wanted to have our own, like, brick-and-mortar store. you know what I mean, her more, you know, high glamour, you know what I'm saying, but um, nevertheless, man, um, when she had some time put aside, um, she wanted to go and put that together for me because she knows I like to have my Jamaican gold t-shirts, my Cuboid t-shirts, and, you know, and other stuff, you know what I mean?
0: Right, um, I see so- a lot of lifestyle stuff in there, more outside just, you, just outside your personal brand, like, like, yeah, you know, sure. stuff for the house. and For
2: sure. You know, my, like I said, man, um, I'm an ambassador of reggae music and dancehall music, but all, mostly culture. You know what I mean? I know how important it is for people to know who they are and feel good about who they are. You know what I'm saying? Especially us African-Americans who have been robbed from our history and culture, right? So, you know, to have some self-love, man, it's really what makes the difference of, between a Negro or a black person and what you call a nigga. You know what I mean? A nigga don't know who they are. They have no self-love. They have no knowledge of self, right? So, you know, the more that we could come together, you know what I'm saying? And it's a culture that everyone could enjoy. You know what I'm saying? African culture is let's face it, man, everybody is from Africa from some point in their in their lineage, right? So, you know, it's a culture that everyone well, wasn't that the together.
0: conversation I always have with people. Isn't that why I always go.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's been good. It's been good to have a different outlet, especially now with the clubs, you know, being shut down. I'm able to put a little bit more time into the marketing and promotion of that. You know what I'm saying? And um, even if people aren't buying stuff from the store, you know what I mean? I could tell that they're really, really getting something from it because if you go to the Instagram roots, rock, reggae with a Z um, you get a whole lifestyle, right? So you get music, you get, you get Island vibes, you get clothing and you get beautiful people. Right. So with that combination of those, those four things, man, it's kind of hard not to get something from.
0: You no, know, definitely, yeah. And the stuff up there is, you know, dope, bro. I mean, there's really some really cool, you know, gear. And let me see, it was like, like with this. What is uh, what is this right here?
2: Oh, yeah, Reggae Nation, man. Reggae Nation Radio, you can go to that right now, download the app. You have Reggae on your phone 24 um, 7. It's part of the Surf Roots family you know shout out to Ray, resin music
0: shout out to dave yeah OG. i mean and the dave surf
2: Roots, man yo he's killing the game right now with the surf roots man he has his own tv app right so if you got a roku uh apple tv um 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 the fire fire was it? Fire, fire stick fire stick yeah. you can check it out man 24/7 it's always free and he started put you know obviously it's tv sh- stations for so different type of shows on it. I'd recommend the Sunday because that's when um, Reggae Nation meets um, surf roots to get a lot more um, Jamaican artists because the mm. majority of it is surf roots. So it's Cali Roots artists, revolution, soja, um, all those type of people. Green, you know what I mean? Irie, <laughs> you know, shout out to them. And yeah, they friends. seem to
0: have got a lot of the Hawaiian stuff on there.
2: That's it. Hawaii, New Zealand, California. That's kind of like the three-wing um, link up for the Cali Roots, right?
0: A lot of them remind me of Sublime, but they're not Sublime. But that so that's the
2: movement. Sense. That's where it started from, right? For for Cali, that's where it started from, Long Beach, right? The dub all-star and all them dudes, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know. But, yeah, shout-out nice. to Reggae Nation, man. We just did a collab with them. We got their shirts on sale at the um, Roots Rock Reggae store, you know what I'm saying? So we're pushing those right now, looking pretty good. Got me modeling in them. You know, I don't know if you check out the ad yet, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. I mean, <laughs> the, that the, the, yeah, no, definitely the app. It's cool, bro, because you go on Apple TV, it's there. They got the the music videos. I mean, it's dope, you know?
1: Yeah,
2: live concert, interviews, festivals, things like that, along with music videos, man. It's how MTV was supposed to be before they started doing Teen Mom and um, all the other ridiculous stuff. Oh, Danny Boy. Yeah, man, that's what's up. That's my brother Danny Boy, man, one of the the forefathers of Jamaican gold, man.
0: Right, so so tell me the story about that with – Kingston Twelve or whatever or stuff, right? It was.
2: Yeah, that's where Jamaican Go started, man. Um, June twentieth or twenty fifth, um, nineteen um ninety five, man. Um. So it's been twenty five years,
0: correct?
2: Yeah, we just had our twenty five year anniversary um in June or would have been, um. But yeah, so basically, what happened to Kingston Twelve? So, um, in ninety three, um, I linked up with a couple of kids at Santa Monica College, and um, they pulled me into their um, hip hop night that they were doing on Thursday night at the Kingston Twelve. Uh, people like Western Hemisphere came by and performed, J. Rooney, the Damager, um, the Goody Mom had their first show in LA there. Um, and I was able to help some friends of mine back then called the Black Eyed get a record deal. You know what I'm saying? Now um, it's about 94. Uh, for whatever, so wait, you know, a question
0: about that. So the Black Eyed who did they get their first record deal with? Because I've heard a story uh, about this from Motivate. I want to hear if you have the same story.
2: Um. I don't know if it was the first man. They might have been signed with somebody else, but the the deal I helped them get was with Interscope Records with uh, the Marshall.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because I heard uh, I heard from Monroe from Motivate their DJ mm-hmm. that the first label that they got signed to was EZE with uh to Ruthless and stuff.
2: And they, I don't think they were called the Black Eyed Peas. I think they had yeah, they're Abba Oblacon,
0: Oblacon or yeah, something. Yeah. So
2: they, so yeah.
0: So, you helped, so you actually helped the BEP get their first record deal with Interscope and stuff.
2: Exactly. You know, with the beats and jabs, join all that. You know.
0: That's the joint. That's the jam. Turn yeah. it <laughs> you helped, you, so, you worked on that, brother. Yeah, man, they had such a dope production group, bro. Because I remember you telling me, you remember like Will I Am Dancing and Farside and stuff. I remember you telling me stories about that. Well, I
2: mean, you know, Farside, you know, Slim Kid, all them dudes are all dancers, man. So, that's basically how they, you know, everyone hooked up in the club and the dance circle. You know what I mean? Back when dancers were in um, tapered pants and creepers, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. So you know, Will I Am, Apple, Taboo—that's how I really met him was in the dance circle. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a, from uh, the dance circles uh, in LA mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl, right?
2: There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, fast forward from all that, man. Um, in 1995 me and um my partners i was doing a party with it we kind of had a disagreement so we decided to go separate ways
0: um, you and that guy danny boy that, that guy danny boy you say
2: no no this um with the, my partner at um kings of 12 was a guy named rusty he was Great. this um he was a this dread from venice who was like um one of the early like punk bands from venice the lead singer he was a really cool cat man named rusty but well, he was a little older than me whatever. So like I said, in 95 we kind of decided to go different ways. You know what I mean? And um around this time the culture in hip hop was changing. You know what I mean? So, How so? um well, you know, girls were, were B-girls, right? Before 95, after 95, guys were coming to girls in the club and hey bitch. Hey bitch. You know what I'm saying? So
0: get the out culture, the way. I
2: mean, the, the, the culture was was changing, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, it, and these days, women had had um, morals, right? They had morality, right? So they they weren't gonna put up with a dude calling them a bitch like they will today.
0: You and I, T So, <laughs> so
2: in 95, when I left, um, I think it took about two or three weeks after I left for the club to get shut down. You know what I mean? And then the owner of the club, Dell, um, Del O'Brien, where he called me in for a meeting. And I just figured, like, yo, when he called me in, I already knew what it was. He's going to say, hey, man, yo, after you left, it was terrible. Come back. Take the night over. You know what I'm saying? So I'm figuring I'm in college. i will I'll go in to get the Thursday night back. Well, he hits me up with this idea for a Sunday night. He tells me the story of, like, Q, I had this, this, this dream that you were doing the biggest club in L.A., but it was on a Sunday night. That's what he tells me. And I'm looking at this guy like, what are you Talk stupid? Talk about some foreshadowing prophecy, right? Hey, the vision was real, right? So I'm looking at him like, yo, you stupid? Like Thursday night in 1995 was a great college night. It was like, it was like the, the, the second Friday. You know what I'm saying? Everybody went out on Thursday night, okay? But now he's trying to convince me to do a Sunday night. And I'm, I'm square. i never go out myself on a Sunday. Like, why would anybody go out on a Sunday? You know what I mean? So you were skeptical,
0: to say the least.
2: Yeah, I was skeptical until he said, hey, I'm going to pay for every everything. And if you ever know these guys in the Kings of 12, they don't pay for nothing. Okay. They don't pay for nothing. Right? Okay. So him telling me he's going to pay for everything, I got to start believing this dude had this dream. Okay. You know? So you're like,
0: oh, I, I see the fate. You felt a little bit of
2: yeah. fate. Yeah. So, you know, because the culture was dying, I figured out, I said, look, we need to play like 25%. Um, reggae dancehall, 20, 25% reggae dancehall on a Thursday night. We're going to flip it. We're going to play tw- 20, 25% hip hop and 75%, you know, reggae dancehall. So that's when I came with the idea of Jamaican gold. At the time, Danny boy, my boy Ace, my boy AK, these were all dreads. We are always in a circle. Same circle with the Black Eyed These guys were in a circle too. So I kind of grabbed them up, asked them if they want to be down. They were very excited about the situation. So we kicked off. Jamaican Gold, man. Me, Danny Boy, Ace and AK. Yeah. We hired um Cogneo Dyer and White Light in the DJ. And yeah, we got it started. You know what I'm saying? I think the first act we had at the Kingston 12 was um off of Del- Del- the vinyl records, um, um Americans. They came through, mashed it up, you know what I'm saying? And you know, it wasn't the the most with, I think with Matt we Did Matt like huh? Lyon come too? Oh yeah, you know Matt Lyon, yeah, of course he did. You know, that's that's his group. Boy Jamaicans is a group, you know what I mean? But I, we had him perform as well, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah.
2: You know, and um, yeah, that's where it all started, man. 1995, man, and um, was about 96. Um, you know, the Kingston 12, they used to have two clubs, right? So they had one club in Santa Monica, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln and Broadway called the Kingston 12, which was like a restaurant and like a like a club. Then they had a, another club was kind of like the House of Blues before the House of Blues called The Music Machine. This was on Pico and Bundy in West L.A., we held about eight, 800 to 1,000 people. So when they'd bring Shaggy or Barrington Levy. or you a nice show, or, a nice
1: slick show,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, you know what I mean, they'd, they'd throw it over there. So they weren't always open over there at the Music Machine all the time, you know what I mean? But um, Kings of 12 was open like four or five t- times a week, you know, live reggae bands and DJs. So when uh, Music Machine got shut down, and the other brother, because the family owned business, the other brother came to um, the Kings of 12, um, the Dale, the, the brother that, that, that brought me in, I had the vision. he told me, he's like, look, Q, my mom is making me work with my brother. It's probably gonna get shut down in, in, a, in, in, a, in a few months. He's already got the other club shut down. I think I'm just gonna move back to Florida. So if you guys wanna leave, you guys can leave. And at first, I knew it was gonna be kind of bad because the way he was telling me, you know what I'm saying? But sure enough, the first time I meet him, okay, so I'm not paying for anything. As a matter of fact, I want twenty five percent of your door, mm. so that's when we decided to move to um, the Martini Lounge in Hollywood, man. Which was the best move we could have made. You know what I mean? The Martini Lounge was right there on Melrose, maybe about two blocks away from the Paramount Pictures yeah. Movies, movies. Yeah, and um, I think the first Sunday we moved there, Wesley snipe was there, and he Not was really. there every week. <laughs> he was just there like every week, you know what I'm saying? So that's probably the best move we can make. And plus, like the Kings of Twelve. They they didn't have a real liquor license. They had beer and wine and con- concoctions, right. so we got the Martin Lounge. They got Hennessy. They got you know what I mean. They got everything. So, you know, it's much better move. Much better move in. The rest of the it's crazy history, how man,
0: things like kind of force you to move forward with that. You know, you're like kind of like ah, oh, great. Yeah. What is this gonna be?
1: Yeah,
2: and that's the thing about it, man. If you just like have some faith and follow God, man, it normally works out. You know what I mean?
0: You know, no, definitely it normally works do. out. No, definitely. I mean, definitely. And that's the hardest thing, I think, is that sometimes when when uh, you don't know what's going to happen and it just doesn't seem like it's going to work out, but, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, nothing is guaranteed, man. You know what I mean? Only that's guaranteed is change. Change and death. Only two things guaranteed.
0: So change. That.
2: Yeah, Who's reggae this? pops, huh?
0: This, this fine gentleman right here.
2: Yeah, reggae pops, yo. That's what's up. I miss that brother, you know?
0: Yeah. So tell people a little about about Reggae Pops. I know my experiences with nothing but, the, but great things, you know.
2: Yeah, Reggae Pops? Um, well, okay, the first time I met Reggae Pops, this was back in my single days. So I met him at the Universal Amphitheater. I think it was Maxi Priest and Buju Bontown were performing. And I was there with, like, eight really good-looking Filipino girls. You know what I mean? And um, they saw him. Like, one of them seen him. Like, hey, who's that old guy up in the front, you know? And one of them went over to talk to him and start vibing with him. Like I guess he was thinking, like, oh, this guy's kind of cool. You gotta be cute. He, he, you know, he is great. cool. He was. Reggae yeah.
0: pops was cool.
2: But just to know, he wasn't reggae reggae pops back then. Back oh, then, was. he was he was he was pops the player. He oh. was pops the player. Yeah. So when he saw me with these eight girls, he looked at me and like, oh, okay, you know. And um, a <laughs> <like>, player. player. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the girl to town, I'm like, hey, you got to come check out Q's club. And this is when we're at the Century Club, like early at the Century Club, right? Yeah. So he actually showed up. Reggae Pops actually showed up at the Century Club. And as soon as he did, the same girl was there to meet him. Reggae was like, Pops grabbed him. And um, I guess she had him on the dance floor for a while. And it became a thing. I guess, you know, girls to look at him I'm like, oh, if she's dancing with him, I could dance with him. So Pops, he was just the whole night just getting like, push from girl to girl. You <laughs> know, you know what I mean? And um yeah. Within a within a few months he came to me say, Q, I'm Reggae Pops. <laughs> Reggae Pops. That's okay. <laughs> okay, you're feeling it. All right, that's cool. That's cool. You know? And you know, Reggae Pops, man, you know, he'd be at the Jamaican Gold, Jamaica Live, he'd be at the dub club, he'd be at the the after hours in the hood that, you know what I mean, that nobody would really want to go to. <laughs>
0: You know, that, <laughs> you know, that one little house we used to go to, and she, remember that one? Uh, you talking about the firehouse and stuff, Reggae house? you talking about the firehouse,
2: yeah. That firehouse, was, remember how that, that place we used to Yeah, shout out to Jamal, man. The firehouse was a joint, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, you, it's you all type of celebrities going in there, man. The spot was just so small, so intimate, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. To me, that was like the ultimate after hours because it's so totally, loud. Totally,
0: totally, so sweet, you know? yeah, yeah.
2: It was so loungy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was, there was more than one door to get in. So if something happened, there's a back door. You <laughs> see the problem with the parties in the hood is, is that one door factor. So if somebody comes in and they're shooting. If you can't climb out the bathroom window, there's no way out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're laughing, but this is some real some real stuff, yo.
0: Bro, I've been on many shows where I've gotten shot at. <laughs> 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 Unfortunately, I've seen all too many people got shot out at, at shows yeah. in my life.
2: Yeah, I don't want to see that, man. I don't want to see that.
0: Yeah, I know. But there's definitely been some experiences in my life where I'm like, why did that happen?
2: Yeah, no, I hear you, man. It's real life, man. Things are going to happen, you know. Things are going to happen. Real
0: Not as life. much in the last couple of years, as much as it used to happen at shows and stuff for me when I would go to them and stuff, you know.
2: Well, you know what's crazy? Ever since they legalized um, um, weed in L.A., gangbanging has went way down. Has went way <laughs> down. This you true? know what I mean? It used to be you couldn't go to, like, a hip-hop spot without being, like, approached by a gangster.
1: <laughs> right? Or I went to a
0: festival the other day. It was at uh, Dodger Stadium in the parking lot. They had that, um, you know, the Tyler the the, the Tyler Creators festival there. Okay. And, you know, it's it, this is in Dodger Stadium's parking lot and stuff, and, like, there was just, like, no – Gangster vibe, and I was just thinking about like how are you having a basically like a carnival at and like it's not just because like right. back in the day you couldn't have this, like it just would not be enough. different.
2: Yeah. So that's what's crazy, right? So ever since we've been legal, gang banging has went way, way down. Imagine different
0: vibe, that. that's for sure.
2: Imagine that,
0: yeah. I'm sure it's still banging, but it's different
2: no, for sure. For sure, but it's just not, you know, it's not like it was in the eighties. It's not like it was in the nineties. You know? Hey, even in
0: my neighborhood here in South LA. And so the people that I know that lived in my neighborhood said that that that, that, that the neighborhood's got exponentially better.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah.
0: All right, I got another pay a little respect to what's uh see?
2: King it's Richard.
0: Yeah. gentleman right here. Family Mr.
2: Kingston twelve himself, man. Yeah. yeah. Pay a little a respect to know. the
0: elders, you know? Pay a little respect to the elders.
2: I miss him, too, man. You know, him and Reggie Poss passed away within, like, four months from each other, you
0: know?
2: Yeah. Cancer, man. It's terrible. Terrible, man.
0: Right? I mean, isn't that crazy? I mean, that's why I try and cherish, you know, every day we have, man. You know, it's just – and, you know, that, that, I guess it goes to the point of certain things are irreplaceable, right? I mean, it really gives you perspective of that, like, you know, I remember – it was like a fixture every time I see it, Richard would always be in the back there with you, you know, always, you know, rolling something, just sitting there.
2: That was like my, um my adopted uncle, man. You know? Yeah. From the Kingston 12, man, we drug him with us everywhere we went. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, because it was a family business. So it's him and his brother that owned the Kingston 12, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah
2: man. Yeah. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy, man. But yeah, talk about being the life of the party, man. My brother was always the life of the party. Right? Yeah.
0: Always jamming out, so. Right here. <laughs> this picture right here. So what about?
2: My mini me. Yeah, Little Prince. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so where were you when you took this picture?
2: Um, Santa Monica, man. Station 27. That's where I used to always hang out as a kid. You know? Yeah. Just love that beach, man. Although I'm over here now. We haven't been over here for a while. You know?
0: It's yeah. different, you know. It's different. The different, different these days about going outside, man. You know, it's just yeah.
2: Well, now you know. I mean, I mean, like at the end of like like, L.A. like Gardena. So you know, we've been going to like um Manhattan Beach and um uh, Hermosa Beach, Dockweiler. You know, just because it's closer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, different vibe too. Way different vibe from Venice to to, to Hermosa Beach.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: You know but, you know, it's diff, uh, definitely a way different vibe down at the beach, for sure, though. hmm
1: hmm You know, I
0: think musically and stuff, I think that's funny and stuff is that I've noticed that how much the vibe at the beach has changed as far as, like, musically and stuff about how stuck up about how, like, when I used to go down there 20 years ago and they want me to DJ a show, like, they'd be like, I want nothing but pop and I want nothing but this, but now it's like... You know, you know, you
2: go changed everything, bro. Huh? And Dora everything. Hmm.
0: You yeah. know, yeah. just, you know, things as things, you know, progress and stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
0: well, know, that's I what, what I'm trying to say, man. You know I mean? I, I mean, that was what, what my question earlier, bro. You know, I didn't mean to get you upset, but you know, it's like, there's, there's, there's I guess it was more based out of, do you feel there's anything that you could we can do to change it or make it better or that there will there ever be a solution of like, cause like how, you know, how can I put this? Like, you know, the truth. I know the truth. Obviously we know that we're all family and we all deserve justice and we all deserve to be treated right. And we're all family at the end of the day and that we're all God's children and that we all, deserve justice and freedom and love and an equal playing field. What can we do to make that not just be a dream, but a reality for our children and stuff? Like,
2: like I told you, man, I think it was 1640. It's where the Spanish people came up with, the, the, with Spain, right? Spanish people came up with the idea of race and they came with the idea of race to separate people. Okay. So until we get past the brainwashing of color, and deal with humanity it's going to be suffering. Why do I say that? Because I'm looking at some of these Caucasian people that are mad about the situation and they'll tell you, well, we feel like we're an endangered species. If people keep mixing the way they're mixing, I guess because of hip-hop, then one day it might be like 11% white people because everyone else is going to be mixed with something else. So I guess they'll just be black, right? Cause in America, if you're not white, you're black. So if you're anything else but white, you're black. You understand what I'm saying? So now it gives gives white people a fear. It makes white people feel inadequate or in, in a situation where they're in jeopardy of losing what they have or who they are, right? Until we get past the color brainwashing and think of it as humanity and understand like, hey, there's one race. It's the human race. So as long as the human race is prospering, we're all prospering. It's not about me competing with you or being better than you or trying to take what you have. Because if you have it, well, then we all have it. It's just a different way of thinking, man. So I've been seeing, you know, certain kind of Caucasian people really be having anxiety to want to defend their heritage and their whiteness. And it makes sense. Because when you give this trophy to those people and it's a badge of honor, why would you want to lose it? I think it was the first time I ever been to Jamaica when I realized why Caucasian people love America so much. You understand what I'm saying? This is the first time I've ever been in a situation where everybody looked like me, right? There's a police officer sitting in the corner. He had a gun on his shoulder. He's sitting there like he was a, a British officer. He don't look at you. He don't He just look straight, right? But guess what? I didn't feel in fear. I didn't feel like he's looking at me or going to do anything harmful to me. You know what I'm saying? A, a cop car went by, a siren. Woo, 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 woo. I didn't feel nervous.
0: I didn't feel like you're talking I, about when you were. You're talking about when you were in Jamaica. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. You saying you felt safer in Jamaica because of the demographic was more more likely to to what you you look. Everybody looked like me there. I wasn't
2: a target. You see what I'm saying? In America, I look different than most people. So because of that, most of the time I'm a target and an easy target. You understand what I'm saying? So it's just a different way of stress. It's a different thing of stress. You know, PSD, however you call it. Yeah, I've been pulled over by the cops and beat up and punched and this, and that, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's real. You know, have I had a gun pulled out at me by the cops? Yeah, when I was like 13 or 14. You know what I'm saying? Like it happens. Like it's a normal thing. You know what I'm saying? It's a normal thing. And because I'm a target in America, I'm not Caucasian. I'm not white. I stand out, and they put a label on me as criminal, shady individual, possible drug dealer, possible rapist, possible want to date your daughter. You know what I'm saying? All these things they put on me. So now, you know, you know, people see me as kind of like a fear. And for the longest time, I mean, even now, I kind of love it because it's kind of like really feeling like a lion walking the street. Could you imagine a lion walking down the street anywhere in L.A.? You know, you know, people look at them, oh, oh shit, lion, right? Yeah, that's how it would be in black <laughs> and most of the time in America. You're walking down the street like you're a lion. People locking their doors, <laughs> women clenching their purse, you know what I'm saying? And it's a crazy thing to see. I mean, I never really minded as a thing of like, oh, man, I hate this because I'm just different. But the same way, when it comes to getting beat up, I'm pulled over by the cops, and the first thing they say is, um. Do you have any weapons in the car? Are you in a gang? How many tattoos do you have? And you're thinking like, why are you asking me this? Why are you even pulling me over? Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, let me see your license. Let me run it. Okay, you could go. Oh, so you just want to check up, see if I had a warrant? So basically, you pulled me over because I'm black, and you just figured you might get lucky that I have a warrant.
0: Yeah, or oh, this, even even if there isn't anything going on, you know. What I mean?
2: No, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like this is this is this is the life. Of being a black person in LA. It's normal. You get used to it.
1: Well, what I think I mean?
0: it's a bigger outside of LA. I mean, generally in America. And then some people would debate that that it's something that black people do around the world if you're not in an area that. That's right. is... But I'll tell you this though whenever I'm anywhere besides America,
2: I, I feel so much more love from people. So much more love. And not because I'm doing anything. These people don't know what I do or who I am. You know what I mean? I was in China like in November, right before the COVID thing started. So much love, man. People just smile at you, want to take pictures with you. You know what I'm saying? It's just a different type of vibe. Only in America does a black person feel like they're not wanted. Which, I don't is, go funny,
0: dude. Which is funny because they say that, that there's huge racism issues in China and, and you know, what that is.
2: I didn't feel any of them. You know, not Japan, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, the only place that I've ever felt any type of racial type of vibe is in America. You know, that's the only place.
0: I've definitely heard people that that I know that are of color that have come here to the States and have told me that they haven't experienced racism in the same way until they came here.
2: Oh, I man, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. So
0: why? So why do you think that America... comparatively to other places, so, I mean, because, like, I mean, even, like, you know, like, they say, like, Jimi Hendrix, that's one of the reasons why he left the States is why he went to Europe is because he just wanted to escape the racism and stuff and everything, so why do you think that there's this extraordinary racism here?
2: You know why. You know why, Keith. Why ask him this question? Because America is built upon that, and that's what America is known for. You know what I mean? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Well, I think America's known for many things, man. I no. Mean, America, not-
2: the, the, look, America got all their wealth from the slave days. Okay? All their wealth from the slave days. So when you think about that, you guys understand that America has been, no, it's built upon that. It's the slave trade. It's the slavery. It's the mentality of brutality, of racism against other people who have color. You understand what I'm saying? And it's not even just black people in America, right? So when, when Irish people lived, moved, moved came out here, right? Remember when they came over over in um, um Ellis Island and what 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 do they call them in America? Oh, the green nigger. The green niggers here, right? So it wasn't even just that. The Jewish person didn't have a good time in America. No. That's why we got the name ghetto because they made them live in the outskirts and called them the ghetto. Oh, don't go there. That's the ghetto. That's where the Jewish people live. You understand what I'm saying? So america built upon that that's what i'm saying until america would you say
0: that america is a beacon for most people around the world that are you know trying to escape tyranny and trying to escape was saying that like that that there's a little bit of a paradox with that that that
2: here's the thing about it right so if you talk to anybody from anywhere else in the world america is a movie it's a motion picture what i mean by that What they see in the movies is how they think it really is in America. Like I went, the first time I ever went to Japan in like the early 2000s, they were telling me they want to go to Crenshaw. They want to see the lowriders. They thought that was the coolest shit in the world. You know what I'm saying? Cause they see it in the movie. They think that's what people do. You know what I mean? They didn't know that was gang violence and drug dealing and pimping and hoeing. No, they just saw beautiful women and dope cars. I want to go to Crenshaw. You understand what I'm saying? So
0: not Laguna America, and Miguel. They want to go to Gretchen. <laughs>
2: America found, found, put the foundation of who they are really from following the essence of Hitler, right? Hitler came out with these films about the Fifth Reich and was shown yeah. in the movie theaters all in America and with propaganda, right? Before that, what you have, um, uh, what was the movie with the, um, damn, one of the first movies that came out in the silent time it was the Ku Klux Klan and they came in to save the day, and this was called. there's a famous movie. I can't believe I just dropped the name of it. Mm, 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 mm. My bad, bro. But no, anyway, no, no.
0: but what's what's the purpose of what you're talking about, though? You're saying that there's a movie that the Ku Klux Klan was supposed to be the heroes or something?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's an early movie. It's one of the early movies from like the 20s. Man, it's like a silent picture. Okay, um, and they actually re- remade it. They remade it recently. Um,
0: when you say recently, what do you mean recently?
2: They remade the movie because this movie is about a, 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 a truthful time that happened in America. Okay. What happened in America, the slaves in this town uprose. Okay. And they killed their masters. They killed their masters. Okay. Um, in real life, it wasn't the Ku Klux Klan. It was the army that came and hunted down these, these slaves that they shot them all, killed them all. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in, in the movie, it was a Ku Klux Klan. They all came in horses and beat the, beat the Black people up and saved the day. OK? Um,
0: I have a hard time believing that any time in the last 20 years that they pitched that movie and then that then someone wanted to see it. <laughs>
2: no. The movie that I'm telling you about, I saw in film class. OK? I oh, saw wow. it on film class. But it was over a, a real time in history where the slave uprose in, in, in America. OK. Let me see if I can not pull it up on Google, man.
1: Yeah, well, hey,
0: you know, I mean, definitely. There's been some weird themes in movies and TV and stuff that over the last hundred years that obviously now people see them for the bigotry. It's
2: called Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation.
0: (laughs) Bro, Birth of a Nation is a Nazi film, bro. Birth of a Nation is, uh, the, I believe that uh, Woodrow Wilson played it in the White House, bro. That notorious racist. It was our president, Woodrow Wilson, that he showed that Nazi film in the White House.
2: Okay. Once again, how did I start this conversation? This section of the conversation? I told you, America is propaganda from films. They've taken their ideology from the Germans of making the Nazi fifth-right films and started doing it in America. Now, if you Google "Birth of America," and go and see the silent film in 1920. You'll see what I'm talking about when the Ku Klux Klan come in the horses and they beat up these, 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 these slaves and drive them out of town, and all the white people are happy. Yeah, yeah. But once again, they remade the, the, this movie called "The Birth of a Nation." I think in 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 um in, in 2018, and it, was, it, it depicts what really happened. Right, it's more of an accurate. Um, history, historical film about what, what happened, right? These right. guys were going around. They were tired of getting raped and be, beat up by their masters. And they thought about it. Hey, if we kill these fools. You know what I mean? And they, 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 they uh, uh, lined up like seven or eight plantations around that area. And they all did it the same day. They all had a day. They're going to they're gonna give it to their masters. Take them out. And um, it didn't last long. The army got what, you know, obviously people started talking about it. The army came in. And took them out because before they had police officers, remember they just had the runaway slave catchers. They weren't built for that. Yeah. So like I said, the only way America can truly be free of, of, of the injustice, the guilt, um, the evilness, the wickedness, all that stuff that they, that we've all done and been part of is to understand that it's not about color. It's about humanity. You know what I mean? And if, a girl gets killed in her in her house by the police, whether white, black, purple, or whatever. It's a crime. It's a shame. We all should be able to be okay in our own house.
0: You know? Yeah, I mean, this... <gasps> I guess that goes back to what I was saying before, is that... First of all, I totally agree with you that... Um, Generally, if it was, it's like if a white, if a little white girl goes missing, there's going to be more of a historical hoopla with the news and the press and that type of stuff. I would contest that, you know, that that's, you know, what's been going on though, you know, is that there's all these unjustified assaults on people with no type of consequence. And, I guess the point I was trying to express is that as long as that keeps happening, I get it. That historically speaking, that's what's happened and it's nothing new. But what I'm saying is that we, for us to move forward as a nation, there, it can't keep happening. And that, 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 that if it, if it keeps happening, happen. it's going to explode into something say. worse.
2: It's supposed to happen. If you know about Willie Lynch and his books, um, Jim Crow and his books are supposed to happen, you know what I mean? And I'll give you something that's, that's, that's modern that that'll really make you think twice about what the hell is going on. I I read the story the other day. It was about this person um uh, who apparently killed a police dog. He got sentenced to forty three years in prison for killing a police dog. Nice, yeah. So imagine the fact that a dog has more more well more 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 more. Wealth and life than a human being because the person is black. Now think about it, man.
0: So that's the essence of the conversation of what I'm trying to express is that as long as these injustices are happening, it goes back to our conversation that me and you always have privately. Mm -hmm. This would drive anyone nuts. Mm -hmm. So what. And I'm not saying give me an answer. I'm not saying you have the answer or I have the answer. All I'm saying is, unless it does change, bro, like it can't, it's not sustainable. It's like the things with the environment. It's not sustainable. We have to figure out So We can keep going in denial that this is going to work, but it's not working.
2: i tell you like this. Remember I told you about these politicians and this agenda, right? Um, part of what you see going on is they want us to react in a violent way. They wanted to be sick and tired and have an uprise so they could pass martial law, and be and, and continue on their agenda with New World Order. Okay. Well,
0: don't you feel like, in a way, that that's what the, that that's like what's going on? Is that they're just like, you know, hey, you know, hey, come on, get, get you know, poke the cage bear, poke the game, you know, like till, till, till people have no other choice but to fight back. You know what I mean? Tell you, they,
2: I'll tell you like this. I'll tell you like this. Um, before this, the before um, um, George Floyd I thought it would take about 20 more years for things to be be right and what I mean by that is if you think, see what's really going on in the world with hip-hop music right everybody loves hip-hop music the world is changing through hip-hop music what does that mean it means that the racist the racism is not as 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 big as it was say 30 40 years ago right hip-hop music is, has, has entered everybody's um mcdonald's commercial um car commercial your house whatever you can't you can't escape it right so i would say i would say in 20 years after george floyd and the riots and all that what's going on now black Lives matter actually took speed i i say honestly if we can survive for another five to ten years we'll see a lot of really serious changes and i say that because after george floyd you saw not just black people not just black people in pain. You saw
0: everybody in pain. Everybody disgusted. Everybody thinking. If Yo. anything, a lot of my black friends were looking at me, going, "What the heck's going on here, Keith? What's up with all these white people fucking going around trying to?" They didn't. They, they wouldn't trust it. They were like, "Yo, what's going on? Is something else going on, bro?" Like, so, so that's the thing. That's the thing about
2: about poli- poli- um, politics, man. Is they want to try to please the massive, right? So as you see the massive is not having this shit no more. The masses is not having this shit no more. It, it, we went from having 80% of the nation that was like, yeah, yeah, fuck them dudes. They need to know their place to 20% of the people saying, yeah, yeah, fuck them dudes. They need to know their place. You understand what I'm saying? So either way you look at it, now these politicians consciously have to do things to improve the situation of, of, of equality. Why? Because if not, even their own followers and own endorsers are going to look at these guys like, "What are you doing?" You yes or what I'm no? Saying? Yes or no? You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there, there's 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 still some people that are still you know trying to be like their 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 their, their father and their well, grandfather. What do
0: you think about that? About like you know Trump calling people to like a. I mean, okay. So let's uh, let's even separate it from it Let's say that Trump isn't saying this, but that's the narrative. See, because I was talking to someone on the right-hand side the tonight, and they're like, oh, well, you, you could say that about the left-hand side that that there's this big dialogue right now that if Trump wins the election or doesn't win the election, that his people are just going to take to the streets with guns, and they, they're not going to let it – they're, they're going to force him to stay in power, is what he's basically saying, like, hey, well, you know – you don't like, if you don't like it, go, you know, all these militias that have been popping up the last couple months, you know, these he's like...
2: Let, let, let me explain to you, man. Let me explain to you. Yo, I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't think Trump has people like that. That's the first thing. Don't get me wrong. There's some crazy hillbillies or, or, or skinheads or whatever you want to call them. You know what I mean? You know, that, you know, that, that take in Trump and said, okay, we're with him. It's all about white people, this, that, whatever, you know. But I mean... The reality of it is most gay in the heads I know they're cowards. They're cowards. Mm. You know what I mean?
1: Like but most- you
0: see that in the you see this, okay, because like that, okay, because it goes back to, to what you were saying earlier. Like, yes, I agree with you. Mostly most of the time it is an injustice on on a person of color. But statistically speaking, and and, and then was especially with the thing, like if you're looking at the footage. They're fucking up people of every color. They don't care, bro, anymore. Like, they're, 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 I get that with the police officers, but if you look at the, them with the crowd controls and what they're doing, they're doing it to—I mean, come on—that was the joke in a lot of these news footage. Is it's old white people that they're tossing to the ground and they're slamming against the ground, and they're not having any consequence for that. They're when they took that old navy guy that went to go pick up the guy's helmet, the old white guy that was. Just picking up the guy's helmet like hey here sir and they slammed him to the ground they tried to make it that he was an antifa terrorist and that he was trying to disrupt their that was the point of what i'm trying to say is that but, it's it's but, it's, a, it's a civil rights thing of that that
2: and that's why you, what you see going on right now is there's a lot of defunding going on a lot of people are filling it with their pockets and that's the thing about it right look these, these, these sheriffs and cops, they could go around and keep trying to kill people, but when they start losing money over it, they're going to want to do something
0: different. Tr- trust so me. I think that's stupid too, bro. Like, why, why, when anyone was coming up with that, why would you ever call it defund of the police? Why wouldn't you call it more accurately, restructure this, that, whatever? Because it's just, the second you just say defund the police, mm-hmm. it's not, it's, first of all, it's not even accurate. It's basically, if they would have been, like, called it help the police, which is the premise of it, of like, hey, you shouldn't have to deal with this. You shouldn't have to deal with that. We we should have these type of resources. It would be more digestible to people. Well,
2: here's the thing about it. If you ever want to hurt somebody in America, fuck with their money. That's why. If you ever want change, if you ever want someone to listen to you, fuck with their money.
0: (laughs) If you ever want someone to do what you want them to do, fuck with their money. Right, but they're the military industrial complex. They're not going to let you mess with their money. You know, no, so. they
2: are being messed with their money. These guys are losing millions of dollars, bro. You know what I'm saying? Some money they had for extra cop cars and extra boats and extra this and extra that. Now they're having to like, hey, we got to restructure this. You, don't, you We don't have double time, for overtime for like we used to. And when you start messing with people with money, people start want to do the right thing. This is how it is. This is how it is. You know what I'm saying? I, th- I think it
0: also has to do with, with, with not just the money, the, the money, but the legislation behind it, bro. Like, there has it's to... Everything. It's
2: everything. There,
0: there, 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 it's, like, it's like with John Lewis passing and stuff, like with the Voters' Rights Act and stuff and everything. There's legislation out there that are protections... And how about this? I'll be the first person to say that even if those protections are put in place, doesn't mean it's going to be perfect and that there still won't be injustice. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying, it's a step in the right direction.
2: But here's what I'm saying once again. If I have to believe that these people out of of the last hundred years have no sense of what they're doing until I vote for them to do it, I'm looking at them like they're stupid. So like I said, I think we all know what's right and what's wrong. I think we all know what's right and what's wrong. You know what I'm saying? But in America... It's more or less, it's more than just what's right and what's wrong, right? It's also what we can get away with, right?
0: So- So You think historically it's for right for what's generally right for what's right for that person, not necessarily what's right for people?
2: Well, once again, what we can get away with, right? What can we get away with, right? A white guy can rape a a black woman and, and not go to jail because, well, his parents have money. They show up with a good lawyer and he says, hey, he was drinking, he didn't know what he was doing. He's a good kid. He comes from a good family. You don't want to mess up his future. No, 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 no. I don't want to mess up his future. I'll just give him um, um, uh, uh, some probation and make him do some community service. Okay?
0: We don't want to ruin his life.
2: Exactly. A black person could be at a party where a white guy got raped and not do it and still be in jail. You understand what I'm saying? So, Like I said, man, You know, in this world, man, I don't expect things to be fair. I don't expect things to be right. I just don't. You know what I mean? I've seen too many, too many things that just weren't right.
0: Well, I mean, that's my point. Like the, 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 the you know, as everyone's like, Oh, we'll project, you know, project and be positive about stuff. But like certain things seem like, you know, un, you know, very predictable about how bad they're going to be. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, were you that? I wasn't that surprised that that was the verdict that they got, and that they just basically exonerated these people once again, and you know, and stuff. I'm not. I wasn't. You know, and I don't know what amount of being positive about it would have changed that. You know, nothing would have.
2: I I don't think I I the only time I was I was surprised by a verdict, is when OJ got let loose. What? When OJ got acquitted, that was the only time I was ever surprised with this system in America. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. And but it, I mean, it would make a difference. I mean, how about this? And maybe it it wouldn't make a difference because they say, say, say you're you're a hundred percent right. That that why Obama. Hey, that was one of the things that really got me when I was watching this investigation. This investiga- uh There's this new show on HBO called Agents of Chaos, which is basically. This, this documentary on the, you know, the election interference in our last election.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's just, you know, it's just interesting about, you know, like, basically they played it off that they're like, hey, well, Obama knew that the Russians were doing all these illegal stuff and that there was all this things going on but because he didn't want to be looked at in history as using his presidential powers to influence and to investigate someone he stepped away from it even though he knew it was happening which is pretty interesting because i can guarantee you right now if the foot was on the other thing that's not what trump would do you know like that he wouldn't go oh well you know he would exploit it to the and he would he would relish in it maybe
2: you know, but you say Pizzagate and everyone gets quiet. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. A lot of people knew what was going on. Nobody said nothing. Nobody want to be the one getting
0: looked at funny. Right? So, but when you say Pizzagate, what do you mean by that?
2: You know what I mean by that, man. You
0: mean that you think that they were running a sex trafficking thing out of a pizza shop and that was the truth?
2: I think that they're running a sex trafficking all around the world. And it probably happened before at a pizza shop.
0: Right, but that's not what they were specifically <laughs> saying. What they were saying was that, that there was a sex trafficking thing going out of the basement of that thing and that that, that that's, was run by Hillary Clinton. Like, I mean, yes, bro. Run by Hillary
2: Clinton. Clinton? No, it wasn't Hillary Clinton.
0: But look look at Jeffrey Epstein.
2: Look at Jeffrey Epstein. Is that any different? Is that any different?
0: Right, but, but, but 14, that's my point. The, 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 uh-huh. to, to, to generalize and stuff, like, yeah. Is there sex trafficking going on for sure? Is there pedophilia stuff going on for sure? But to put it that, because that was what they were saying—that it was tied to Hillary Clinton—that she was running a sex trafficking thing. Right.
2: Well, I know they're all in court about it now, man, and it, you know they're trying to put Obama in it because they're saying he knew about it. You know what I mean? Like, look, who knows? Look, 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 who knows what what type of demonic stuff people really do, right? But we do know that there there are some. Um, the groups of people that do some demonic things for power and for sex. Of course. You know what I mean? And most of these people are people who are famous, are really, really rich, are in a limelight. And nobody says anything because of people who are famous, who are really, really rich, are in a limelight. You well, know what I'm saying? come on. How
0: many people with rock stars, you know, said, come on. That's like the old thing. You know, the, the rock star that's raping all these girls, these groupies and stuff, and people look at it and go, oh, well, why would they ever rape? But... You know, rock stars. that gotta rape people. <laughs> I
2: mean, I know R. Kelly pisses. What, what, what I'm saying, is, rape nobody.
0: <laughs> you, you're missing my point. Yes, there's definitely been people that I that that were famous rock stars that were weirdos that used their power to manipulate and do worse shit. Yes, I understand the premise of what you're saying about do most people that are being like no because they can get it no matter what. But that's not really the point. they because. Because that's not really the point, bro. Because me and you both know, especially on the flip side of that, that ain't even the trip. The trip is just the power trip of what they're trying to play over you. It's that 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 that. It's not even a sexual thing. It's just a power thing.
2: I see. I see. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, Mike Tyson, Bill Cosby, yeah, right, all them. Yeah.
0: Well, not even that. I would say that there's a whole entire culture out there in entertainment that that historically felt that they experienced certain things coming up. So that's just the way it was. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure, for sure. I don't, you know, I, 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 I obviously I don't think that everyone that that that's involved you know in in the music business is into that but come on
1: yeah yeah you know it's, no, like you know,
2: it's, it's, it's we we live in a very sick world bro With a lot of pain a lot of wickedness man you know
0: and there's also a lot of goodness too
2: yeah there's a little there's a little yeah but, you know, this is the world we live in, man, you know. I mean, you know. The one thing that I expect to be true is that mankind will probably destroy mankind before anything else.
0: So you feel that? You don't feel that, 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 that we're going to find a peaceful resolution or possibly that there's going to be some type of uh, light at the end of the tunnel?
2: Um, I think it's inevitable, man. Until we find spirituality and morality and understand humanity, it's, a, it's it's inevitable. There ought gonna be someone who wants to take everything you got, just to take it, or because they can. Like you said about the power of rape, there's all gonna be someone who wants to take the power over you and right. So you know.
0: Yeah, and then that goes back to like, how could anyone ever do that? How could someone really rape someone? I mean, that's horrible. Well, like you say, like it shows you about you know mental illness people, how sick and depraved people really are.
2: Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go.
0: You know, and I guess that's always been my problem as growing, you know, growing up is like, you know, but but in the sense of that, like, but I guess as I get older, I guess I come more and more a piece of it's like, hey, wait a minute, that's exactly what people are capable of, you know, that's exactly who people are.
2: I mean, you got to realize a lot of people have been molested, man, a lot of people have been abused, man. So, you know, um, some of them people want to pass it to someone else, so they don't feel like they're only one.
0: Well that's one of the the things that I always was taught was that's the choice that every generation is placed with is that the ultimate goal of every generation is that hopefully you could do a little bit better than the previous generation and in every new generation, either you have the choice of learning from the past generation's mistakes yeah. and knowing that they want you to live a better life and to learn from their mistakes and you start decide. You have one of two choices, either stop the dysfunctionality and the codependency and learn and mature and separate it and learn from it or continue it.
2: Most people will continue to curse. Very few people will stop it.
0: Generational curses, you know, most people will continue with it and then some people do break it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Truthfully
1: enough.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, I think, and you know, it's like right now with everything that's going on, you know, I, I, I want to stay positive about it, that there's going to be some light at the end of the tunnel here and that this is not going to just digress into something that's unbearable. as yeah. Yeah. unbearable that it is in some senses.
2: I, I can tell you how, how to see the light to, to, for, to, to end um, racial injustice. You want to know what it is? Go get some alien from Mars and Saturn and bring them to Earth. So that way fools start looking at them like, wait. No, they're different, and they're really trying to kill us. If we don't sit <laughs> together; we're all gonna right die. And then you have your, then you have. Well, you
0: know, you, you know that that's I, I, that that's always been the common theme, and that that that's going to be the thing that will bring everyone together.
2: Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, you got have a common enemy. That's the only way to do it.
0: Yeah, I think it would be that that's horrible. That's what people need to, to come together to see <laughs> what, the, what the truth is already and stuff, bro.
2: There's so much guilt, bro. There's so much guilt in America, bro. That's the reason why it's hard to digest.
0: Well, I think it's not just guilt, bro. I think it's just this this constant, it's just more shit on top of more shit on top of more shit. It's like, there's just no chance for healing. There's no chance for restitution. There's no chance for, you know, healing.
2: Yeah. But, you you know, if you know about guilt psychologically, when you have guilt about something, you don't want to rationalize with it. You don't want to think about it. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to fix it. You just want to ignore it. Guilt, man, it's this crazy thing, bro.
0: Yeah, I would contest that any people that are capable of doing a lot of those things, bro, they're so narcissistic and so sociopaths that they're not even they're not even guilty. You know, they don't feel guilt, bro, in the same way that normal people feel guilt. Because mm. anyone who was capable of doing that in the first place, bro, probably isn't having that much guilt, bro.
2: You'd be surprised, man. You'd be surprised, bro. You'd be surprised. Yeah.
0: I've had that conversation with many people. Is this person up at 3 o'clock in the morning thinking about what they did? I would contest most times if they're capable of doing all that ass stuff. They're not.
1: No, that's what I'm
2: saying. When you have guilt, you don't want to think about it. You don't want to rationalize about it. You don't want to fix it. You want to ignore it. You know? Yeah.
1: I mean, think about it
2: like this. If you had a girlfriend and you wouldn't have had, had sex with another girl who was who a model, would you come home thinking, oh, man, what I did was wrong? You probably would just not even want to think about any of the negative things about it because you have guilt. You don't think about the good things. Oh, that was great. Oh, that was great.
0: <laughs> Guilty. Guilty as sin.
2: I'm just saying, when you have guilt, you don't want to re- rationalize about it or fix it. You want to ignore it. It's just how it is.
0: So on the flip side, uh, let's end it on a positive note. When do you think clubs are going to open back up? Do you think that 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 clubs and places that when do you, when when is your gut feeling that shows will start back up and stuff?
2: Um, you know, I mean, hypothetically, everyone's talking about twenty twenty one. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we're on New Year's. You know what I'm saying? But you never know because here's the thing about it, right? So. Um, this vaccine is supposed to be a billion dollar product trillion dollar product whatever uh, I heard some people talking about they're going to give the vaccine away for free um, but in essence I don't think things will really fully open up until there's the a vaccine you know what I mean um, so we'll see what, what road this vaccine takes you know yeah there you go you know? there you
0: go when I mean I, Orange I,
2: County's open I, I've gotten offers to go to Orange County and throw parties you
0: know but you know, it's We're like, going down, down south to do shows now, or
2: what? I mean, is it, is it worth it?
0: You know what I'm saying? Look, I, I mean, I don't know, bro. I mean, I, 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 would, I don't want to be any big crowds right now, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I know a bunch of people have gone sick, bro, and a bunch of people that I know have loved ones that have died. So I'm straight on, you know, I can't tell you right now, like, if all of a sudden tomorrow they're like, hey, proper, come DJ Coachella tomorrow. Unless it was a virtual Coachella where we were just going to go do the show and there was this closed out, but if there was like yo, there's going to be fifty thousand people descending on Coachella Valley, do you want to be there?
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, we're afraid of people now. It's official.
0: You know, I'm not afraid of people, bro. It's no, nothing.
2: you're afraid of a crowd. That's afraid of people. Look, last year if I don't say hey, you want to do Coachella? No, I'm for- saying
0: that I don't think that scientifically that it that that was a be that the smartest decision. To, to 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 do towards I get it. What I do you it. think? You what what do you think? I'm asking your opinion. What do you think? What do I think? I think that If, they if could... tomorrow they were like, "Hey guys, you know what? We decided to do we're a Jazz Reggae fest We want you guys to show up there next weekend." Would you go do it? I
2: don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, half of me thinks this, is, this thing is man-made, you know. The other half of me is telling me they're going to it's going to come back again in a second wave like they keep telling people it's going to happen in, in winter and we're going to be like this for another year, you know. But we'll just have to see what happens, man.
0: I agree. I think yeah. this election is going to have a lot to do with it.
2: Yeah, some people are saying once the election happens and whatever it's, it's going to disappear like Ebola did, but we'll see.
0: No, 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 I'm just talking about you have two different paths and director, you know, like kind of like, you know, how things are going to be delegated moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: honestly, I I, I don't think Trump can win again. I just think like, yo, if you were president and things are this messed up, we got to just try somebody else. And I think a lot of people are thinking like that. I'd be really, really surprised after the disaster of a term that he would be there to do it again. That is just my opinion I know if if, if, if I was hired to, to be the the um, the head of a, a corporation and and my works went like this, I don't think I would be hired <laughs> after my contract was up
0: right, but historically speaking with fascists and authoritarian leaders and stuff dude, you're looking at gauges of that that you're looking for that he that he, where he's he, he's not even concerned about. Getting reelected in a fair or proper manner, bro. He's just looking about if he could get a power play and keep on pushing.
2: Got you. Well, you already said that if he loses, he don't think he's gonna he's gonna, he gonna go along with it. So we'll see what happens.
0: We'll Sorry. see. You know, I mean, how about this? Historically speaking, you know, he uh, could have all that, uh, you know, feeling in it. And unless the military is backing him, they ain't gonna do it. They ain't gonna allow it to happen. So,
2: yeah. but I mean, here's the other thing too, right? So. I knew that Trump was going to be president. How did I know this? It's just genetics, right? So America had a black president for eight years, right? So trust me, they're not going to have a white woman coming right after him. It just wasn't going to happen. I mean, the, the guy could have been anybody. It could have been your dad, my, whatever. You know what I mean? If it was a white dude, he was going to win, he was going to win the election, right? So now you have two old white guys. So now you're going to actually pick the better one, I think, as far as the general public, you know? And like I said, with the record of Trump, like, I think that people are going to just think, like, we just got to try anything to be better than this. You know what I mean?
0: We'll see. We'll We'll definitely see. see. It's definitely going to be uh, an interesting uh, push forward. Yeah. Don't forget to vote. Don't forget to vote. I always voted. I've always voted. Yeah. I mean, I. Don't vote for Kanye either. Don't vote for Kanye. I know you. I'm uh, easy for preasy is not happening in this house.
1: Easy take
0: Easy needs to take his meds. Then we can have a conversation. His genius. I will not take away from his genius in the studio, but his genius, as far as ranting public publicly, I, I, I would hope. Well, whatever. You know, in the studio
2: right now with Buja, right?
0: Huh? Kanye
2: was in the studio with Buja, I think last week. Yeah.
0: Kanye and Bujo. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that Khalid was in the studio with Bujo, too. Oh,
2: nice.
0: Nice, nice, nice. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. We'll see. So um, for the people, who, people, is there anything that you got coming out or that you're working on that you would want people to check out or... Um yeah man, check me on Instagram man. You know Q underscore
2: B W O Y. Check out what I'm doing over there. How I move. If anything comes up, it'll be posted on there man. Um and meanwhile, I've been posting up a lot of um backlogs. There's some some cool interviews and shows and stuff that you know I I was doing a couple years back. So you know check it out man. Instagram Q underscore B W O Y. You can find out what I'm doing. See what's up
0: definitely if there's any of the shows start getting booked back up people could get back linked in there to find out where you're going to be at as far as locations and stuff
2: yeah yeah feel free to hit me up man hit me in a dm whatever man you know what i mean it's all good
0: it goes down in the deep <laughs>
2: no, don't go down man i've been married for too many years but yeah you can link me
0: <laughs> i didn't think about that yeah i wasn't thinking about that type of down in the dm i was just Hey, business gets handled in the DM too. That's what I was thinking. Uh, you know, for sure. For sure. That's what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking about that. <laughs> Genesis will kill me. <laughs> Genesis, uh, you know. But, uh, all right, fam. Much love. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for blessing us. This is episode five, which is what is going to put us actually onto uh, Pandora and Spotify now. So now we're on iTunes. We're on Google Podcasts, and now with this being the fifth episode, we're now officially going to be on Pandora and Spotify. Awesome. Yo, DJ Proper,
2: I just want to say thanks for having me, man. You know what I mean? It's been fun hanging out with you, man. You know what I mean? For everyone else out there, man, love, respect, identity. You know what I mean? You know, it's saying? Q boy, man. Just know we're going to do it right and for the right reasons. You know what I'm saying? So love, respect, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know,
0: appreciate you, man. Hey man, if there's ever been someone in my life who doesn't just say it, but lives it.
2: I try, I try.
0: <laughs> I try, Famac. I, I, I can honestly say that I can attest to this cue, that there's been many times in my life I didn't feel like anyone was there and you were the only person there, man. So some of that, I could say that, you know, I don't have a, a physical brother. I hope I hope you know to my last breath that you are my brother i love you with all my heart and soul you are as much as you are my family as if i ever had family you are my family i i do anything for you bro i do anything for you or your family and i i hope you know that not just from words but from our life and what it's been over the last you know fuck Many years, many moons.
2: <laughs> That's what's up, man. I love you too, brother. love you too, man. You know what I mean? Stay positive, man.
0: I'm very proud of you. And I have a feeling that many good, many, 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 many great things to come, bro, bro.
2: That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. All
0: right, man. Well, thank you for being on Equality Radio. Yeah. DJ Proper.
1: <laughs>
0: the Prince of Reggae. <laughs> prince of Reggae. Q Anthony, Q Boy.
2: <laughs> Bless up, brother. Bless up, man. All
0: right, guys. Everyone, peace, love, and happiness. Proper. Q Boy. Jabros.
1: <laughs>
0: peace, fam. Much love. So, everyone, Q Boy. We're out. Talk to you soon, fam.